70 were injured. The deadly poison ricin has been found in a letter sent to a Republican senator in Washington. The post, addressed to Roger Wicker, was intercepted at a sorting office in the city. Detectives say that the shooting dead of a man in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a significant gun crime problem. 46-year-old Paul Foster was shot in the chest outside a house in Brunel Road in Lucy Farm last Tuesday. Two men in their 20s have been arrested and bailed without charge in connection with the death of Paul Foster. Adawa Ramsey, a friend of the family and minister at the church Mr Foster attended, is appealing for help finding the killer. We, as a church, as a community, as the family, are appealing for anybody who knows any information just to come forth, just to help the police do what they do best. Patients in Milton Keynes are calling for answers after their GP surgery unexpectedly closed. A doctor at Willan Village Surgery has resigned and another is currently suspended and patients are being re-registered elsewhere. NHS England say they had to act quickly following the resignation of one of the doctors and have written to all patients. Researchers say thousands of lives could be saved if men in their late 40s were offered blood tests to screen them for prostate cancer. The disease kills 11,000 men each year in the UK, but the authors of a report published in the British Medical Journal say screening for prostate-specific antigens, or PSAs, could halve that number. In sport, Watford remained six points from an automatic promotion position in the Championship with just three games to go after losing 1-0 to Millwall last night. MK Dons beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but a win for Swindon means they remain four points from the playoffs with just two games left. And Luton Town drew 2 all with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The weather cloudy to start, but brighter and warm later with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius. That's 66 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Are we still friends? Just about, yeah. We had an argument this morning about... I lent, um, uh, Was Ka- it an argument? Yeah. Well, I, was, <laughs> I hated you during it. Oh, good. I lent Catherine a film uh, the other day, and you watched it, and you were, you, I, I found it entertaining, and you were offended by it. Well, I wasn't offended by it, but I did wonder whether it was exploitative. So that's a judgment on me. Is it? Why? Because you liked it. Yeah. Well, you uh, are judged. Uh, thanks. Catherine Boyle. The Judge. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past six, it's Wednesday. And look, it's kind of... It's light outside already. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Lots coming up on the show this morning. My microphone smells of soiled cat litter. It does. Uh, it, this is going to be a tough show to do, because it, it does smell like I've got my nose up a cat's backside. Anyway... Lots on the show this morning, and as always, it's good to get your uh, opinions on these things. Thousands of people are expected to line the streets of central London from Margaret Thatcher's funeral. The bill is estimated to be £10 million. Guess what? You're paying for it. Yeah. Well, do you think the taxpayer should be footing the bill? Shots have been fired outside a house in Luton. This is the 10th gun incident in Luton this year alone. Well, Justin Dealey's been looking at how you feel about gun crime in the town. And a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly closed. Patients say they weren't given any warning and they're now having to go elsewhere. Well, before half past six, we'll hear why they are so fed up. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Margaret Thatcher will be given a ceremonial funeral today with full military honours. Uh, More than 2,000 guests will be at the service at St Paul's Cathedral. At 10 o'clock, Lady Thatcher's coffin will travel by hearse from Westminster. Big Ben will fall silent from then until the end of the funeral. Well, Dominic Grieve is MP for Beaconsfield and the government's Attorney General. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Are you going today? Yes, I am. How important is it, do you think, to have a ceremonial funeral for Baroness Thatcher? Well, seeing her stature, um, the importance she played in world affairs, particularly in respect of the the great freedom agenda in Eastern Europe, um, I think it's the right thing to do. She was probably one of the two or three greatest prime ministers of the 20th century, and there are a very large number of people coming very long distances from abroad uh, to um, for the funeral. And I think in those circumstances, a ceremonial funeral was the right thing to do. How do, how do the invitations work for something like this, Dominic? Well, I don't think I know exactly. I mean, clearly, there are a very large number of people who some people have been invited by the family, their family friends. Um, there are a large number of um, foreign uh, ambassadors, but also politicians who've been, who are on the government invitation list and are coming, uh, including from very far afield. And then, so far as Parliament is concerned, um, the government is certainly attending, the, the Cabinet, and I think, in fact, that any uh, Member of Parliament who wished to attend uh, will have been able to do so. It must be odd, must I, I would imagine, for the family having to share this um, very emotional time with, with strangers and with ambassadors and with the rest of the world. Yes, I think, I think it probably is. I think if one casts one's mind back to Churchill's uh, funeral... Uh, it was the same thing, although I think at the very end, the family will have a completely private ceremony uh, in respect of uh, the eventual cremation of her, her body, uh, and will be able also to have some quiet time. And indeed, there's been a contrast between some periods of great quiet and, uh, and periods of great ceremony. Her, her coffin has been lying overnight in the chapel of St. Mary Undercroft at Westminster, and that is, in fact, a very quiet and rather intimate space. The bill for the funeral is estimated to be £10 million being paid by the taxpayer. What would you say to those people, and there are a lot of people, who've argued it's wrong to to spend so much tax money at a a time of austerity? Well, I'm I'm a bit doubtful about your figure of £10 million. I I, I suspect it's rather less than that. How much Uh, do you think it might be? I'm I'm not in a position to give an estimate because I'm not the organiser, but quite a substantial part of of the cost is in fact being borne by the family. Uh, but historically, it has always been a tradition that funerals of prime ministers, uh, even with the not ceremonial funerals, if they wish, have been the, the cost has been borne by the state. Um, I, I think you will probably find that the cost is very much less than that. Uh, finally, Dominic, th- there are people that are going to be going uh, to protest today. We've heard of the protests of people turning their backs, and let, let's hope it's certainly nothing louder or more aggressive than that. Is, the, is a funeral the right place to protest? No, it isn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go and protest or behave discourteously at the funeral of my worst enemy, actually. Uh, And um, you can go and protest somewhere else, but uh, if you wouldn't turn up to your neighbour's funeral because you happen not to like your neighbour in order to behave in a a nasty fashion, then you shouldn't go and do it at this funeral either, it seems to me. I think it's just ordinary, common human courtesy. Dominic, thanks very much for coming on this morning. Thank you. Dominic Grieve, MP for Beaconsfield and the Government's Attorney-General, 08459 455 555. The figure of £10 million is an estimate. It's it's, it's the one that's doing the rounds at the moment. Uh, Dominic there uh, suspects it will be significantly less than that and also... Uh, the family will be uh, shouldering some of the burden. It's going to be millions of pounds, though. 
it's, it, it's going to be millions of pounds. It, should we be spending millions of pounds on, on Margaret Thatcher's funeral at times of austerity when there are cuts being made everywhere to benefits, to, uh, to libraries, to, to the Arts Council? What do you think? Well, no, hang on a second. Of course she deserves to have the, the, the biggest and best send-off we can. And is a funeral the right place to protest? 08459 455 555. Are you going today either to support or protest? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. 08459 455 555.
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Should we have a look at the front pages? They're all split today between Boston and Thatcher. Those are the two things occupying the uh, the front pages. Boston uh, and Thatcher. The Guardian, uh, they meant to kill, but who planted the Boston bombs? And there's a picture of uh, Martin Richards, the eight-year-old little boy who was uh, killed in the bombing. Improvised devices packed with shrapnel. Obama leads condemnation of act of terror. The Independent, another picture of Martin Richard. He was eight year- years old. His father liked to run marathons. His family loved watching. That's very sad, isn't it? Um, and uh, there's Martin Richard again and his family. FBI will go to the ends of the earth to find Bomber. All of these front pages well are giving a little nod to Margaret Thatcher. The Daily Telegraph goes a bit more heavy with uh, Thatcher. It's a big one today. Look, I can't open it. Um, There's a picture of her coffin draped in the Union flag. Nestled in the wreath was a small white card. It read simply, Beloved Mother, always in our hearts. Um, Oh, look, an energy giant's escaped tax as Bill's rocket. A major gas and electricity company paid almost no tax for three years as customers were hit by sharply rising bills. RWE Empower raised average prices by £112 per household. But didn't pay any tax. Mm, yeah, clever. Oh, look, here we go. This is also on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. No harm in a weekly tipple while pregnant. There we go, you see? You can, you can drink while you're, you're pregnant. Pregnant women should not feel guilty about having the odd glass of wine. A large-scale scientific study of boozy mothers suggests... Children and mothers who drank one or two units of alcohol, about one small glass of wine a week, during pregnancy, were no more likely to, t- to suffer cognitive or behavioural problems. Did you drink when you were pregnant? You do fine, don't you? People give you a dirty look. Oh, dirty look. My producer, Laura, um, tweeted the other, the other day. You, you tweeted, didn't you? Is it OK to have a, a little... Snifter. Yeah, I just oh, I just got to the point where I thought, you know what, I've got several bottles of wine at home, what? and I just thought, I just fancy a little little glass. Is it okay? Yeah. But I felt guilty. And how, how pregnant are you? So I'm seven and a half months. Hey. Yeah. So eight weeks to go, and I just thought I really fancy a glass of wine. It was the first time I actually have, but I felt guilty, and then I thought I need to ask for the public's opinion, and so so I put on Twitter, um, "Is it okay?" Yeah. And um, kind of people said, "Yeah." Did anybody say no? Disgusting, shameful. No, and stop I was it. Quite surprised at that because mm. previously, in years gone by, everybody's been like, "Don't drink anything," and so I I wasn't sure. I don't know how. Did you have any uh, any fags afterwards? Do you smoke a silk cutter? <laughs> That, okay, good. That no. would have been out of order. All right. Well, there were this morning. Oh, eight four five nine, four double five five double five. Did you drink when you were pregnant? Is there anything wrong with a, a sneaky little tipple? Or did you lead a very healthy uh, life when uh, you were pregnant? Oh, eight four five nine, four double five five double five, six sixteen. Travel news. James Wally. Beds, hearts, and bugs travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. And uh, looking OK on roads across the three counties. We've had no reported problems in from the police. I've had a quick check on the cameras. The M1's moving well north and southbound. No problems to report on the M25 from what I can see. And no reported problems on the M40. Uh, if you are driving into central London with Baroness uh, Satcher's funeral, there's uh, closures in from 7.30 this morning through Westminster and the City of London. Those closures like to be in on and off until later on this afternoon if you are driving into central London. To the trains at the moment, a good service across the three counties. I'm James Woolley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, James. Morning, it's 6.17 exactly. It's uh, Wednesday the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Crowds are already gathering outside St Paul's Cathedral this morning ahead of the funeral of uh, Baroness Thatcher. Detectives say the shooting dead of a man in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a significant gun crime problem. In last night's football, Wickham Wanderers drew nil-nil with League Two promotion contenders Northampton. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cloudy to start, brighter later with a top uh, temperature of 19 degrees. Coming up, does Luton have a problem with gun crime? We were talking about this last week. And questions are being asked following the fatal shooting of a man last week. Uh, and there was a shot fired outside a house r- this week. Well, before 6.30, we'll hear from the local chief superintendent, Mark Turner, about the town's gun crime. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weeknights from seven. Get together wherever you are. Good evening, Joe. Good evening. Let's talk to Lynn. What's your story? Mark Forrest brings you the best stories from around the country. Is there life after the armed forces? They've got fantastic skill set. Vivi Street is great. Fruit, veg. You're telling me the best thing about your local market. It's inexpensive, but quality products that's grown locally. How has adoption affected your family? He always says to me, she is my birth mother, but you're my mum. Mark Forrest, tonight from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
been another gun-related incident in Luton, the 10th this year alone. The man has been arrested after shots were fired at a house in Stopsley at 11 o'clock yesterday morning, just a week after the murder of Paul Foster. The 46-year-old father of three was shot dead outside a house house in Brunel Road, Luton, last Tuesday. However, the police are quick to say it's not part of a large gun crime problem in the town. What do you think? Ten gun-related crimes this year alone? Are you worried? 08459 455 555. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, was at Luton Police Station yesterday as detectives appealed for information about the murder of Paul Foster. Oh, hang on a second. Before that, we're going to go to Justin Daly, who's been uh, speaking about this. Justin! Yes, hello, Ian. I mean, you mentioned there about the the tenth uh, gun-related incident already in Luton this year alone. Uh, The police are saying, well, not a major issue. Of course, the people in the town, they may well question that. Well, I don't want to stir this up, Justin. But mm. 10 this year alone, where are we? April, beginning of April. Yep. 10, it does sound like quite a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I don't live in Lucent, I only work in Lucent, but I can only go on my personal experience. If there was 10 gun-related incidents where I live, I certainly would be concerned. I've been out and about in the town, in Luton, speaking to people. I've asked them just how concerned they are about gun crime, and this is what they had to say. I think gun crime is a concern wherever it is, and in Luton, perhaps, it's no better or worse than anywhere else. I'm more concerned with where they're getting the guns from. Incidents in the town do tend to get magnified and blown out of proportion. Nathan, there's been another shooting in Lucen. Um, how old are you? I'm 21. 21 years old. Are you concerned about gun crime here in Lucen? Oh, yes, definitely. Well, it's, it's not a safe place, well, for anyone in general, but especially children, I would say. Sheila, are you concerned about gun crime here in Luton? Yes, I'm very concerned because I'm afraid for my daughter growing up here because it's not only, is you know, the crime is like she's going anywhere. You've got a young child you mentioned there. You say you're concerned about her future. Is that going to prompt you to move out of Luton, do you um, think? I'm not, I'm not originally from Luton. But, um, yes, I've got older children. I've got a 17-year-old. I'm not staying here for long. Because of the crime? Yes. So you lived in Newsom for 30 years. Are you concerned about gun crime in the town? No, not really. I've been here long enough now. I grew up on Marsh Farm and Lucy Farm, so I've seen most of it and it doesn't seem any worse than it did you know, 20 years ago, really. So. So nothing concerns you at all, then? Carry on as normal? Yeah, exactly. Clearly, if people are being hurt, then it's a, it's a big concern, but does it concern most of the people in the town? Probably not. And Justin, I'm always very cautious. I don't want to stir things up and, and, and create a sense of panic when there shouldn't be one. Mm. But I've got to say that 10 does sound, the second week of April, 10 does sound significant. It does. It does to me again. I mean, if I'm going on that number for, for where I live, I certainly would be concerned. Some people saying there, well, it's, it's no worse than what it was years ago, but you heard there from one lady, she will be moving out of the town because not just gun crime, but crime in general in Luton, it's too much for her. She feels that, that her daughter is not safe in the town and unfortunately, she will be leaving Luton. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak to you later on. Well, as I was saying, our reporter Sophie Solaria was at Luton Police Station yesterday as detectives appealed for information about the murder of Paul Foster. While she was there, she spoke to local chief superintendent Mark Turner about the town's gun crime. We've got a very, very small minority of people in Luton who will arm themselves with firearms and have used them in furtherance of criminality. That doesn't necessarily equate to a large gun crime problem or the fact that gangs are roaming about using firearms. Would point to the fact Luton's got 200,000 people living in here, generally shoulder to shoulder, with very, very good reputation around community relations. But obviously one gun crime is one too many, so we're going to do everything we can to take that off the streets. Have you been stepping up patrols in the area to 
to reassure people? Yes, we have. Uh, patrol stepped up a very, very high visibility presence, community support officers, local officers, uh, firearms teams out on the streets to respond to anything that's happened. Is Luton a dangerous place to live? That's what we want to know. No, I think that's simply unfair to say Luton's a dangerous place. It's a town of 200,000 people. That's not untypical that a town of that size or a city of that size within the United Kingdom will have issues around gun crime. Ten in four months. Well, 10 in four months might seem a lot, but what I can say is the figures have reduced uh, in Luton and have reduced for the last four years or so. As I said before, one crime is one crime too many, but we're going to do everything we can to take it off the streets. My name is uh, Jeff Hill, and I'm the current head of the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Major Crime Units. I want witnesses to come forward and to make contact with us, to tell us exactly what they know. Uh, and crucially, what I want is those people not just to come forward um, and to tell us what went on. I want them to come forward and have the courage to stand up and make statements. Do you believe there are members of the community that know exactly what happened and aren't coming forwards? Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind there are people within the Lucy Farm and Marsh Farm areas who know exactly what's gone on. Um, some of them will have that information, having heard it from others, and there is, in my view, um, absolutely a number of people that would have been present in and around Brunel Road at the time would have seen this incident um, and probably who was responsible, um, and other people who would have subsequently have heard either from Paul Foster whilst he remained alive um, details of what occurred um, or, in fact, may have heard the offenders um, give details of, of what they'd actually done on that night. This is just a week on from another shooting which happened today. Can you tell us more details on that? Well, what I can tell you is there was a firearms discharge today in Burnham Road in Luton. There were a number of shots that were fired. We believe that, again, that was criminals firing at other criminals. The uh, result of that incident is that um, at least one individual has been brought into custody. We are not, at this moment in time, linking that incident with our murder investigation. Are you linking this to Delaney Brown? We know that there might be an indirect link with the family. We believe that there may well be an indirect link between Paul Foster and the family of uh, Delaney Brown, albeit I want to be very clear that the tragic death of Delaney Brown is not being linked in any way to the murder of Paul Foster. What do you think? If you live in Luton, are you concerned? I don't want to say worried. I don't want to be stirring up panic where there shouldn't be panic, of course. I'm just asking the question. Ten gun-related incidents, including fatal shootings, uh, in the, f- uh, the, way, the first, second week of April. It does, it seems significant to me. It, d- it does seem like a, a number we should be aware of. Are you concerned, if you live in Luton, about uh, crime and gun crime in particular? 08459 555. Right, here's the travel news now. Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Things looking pretty good out there. If you're heading for the roads now, M1 is moving well. So is the A1M. And no delays on the M40, though. I am looking at the cameras around High Wycombe. And it actually looks like quite a misty start to the morning. Looks like it's lingering, certainly, on the roundabout at Junction 4. So maybe do take extra care. People seem to be driving with headlights on. Everyone's being very sensible so far today. In Bedford, the A6, you'll still find temporary traffic lights for gas main work around Maryville Road. And if you're going along the A5 as far as Fenny Stratford, the Little Chef roundabout has those improvement works while they're adding traffic lights. If you're heading for London, on the train certainly things are looking fine. Once you get to London, though, the tubes. Piccadilly line running with minor delays on the eastbound side. That's because of signal failure at Acton Town, and that could cause some problems through the morning. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. Coming up to 6.30, here's the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. 
Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Crowds are gathering outside St Paul's Cathedral this morning ahead of the funeral of Lady Thatcher. The authorities investigating the bombing at the Boston Marathon on Monday have found pieces of nylon, which they say could have been part of a backpack used to conceal one of the devices. And detectives say the shooting dead of a man in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a significant gun problem. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. After losing 1-0 to Millwall last night, Watford remained six points from an automatic promotion position in the Championship with just three games to go. Manager Gianfranco Zola was disappointed with some of the refereeing decisions. I, you know, I, I don't look, want to look like that. I, I'm always complaining. But even today, there were a couple of penalties on us that uh, they weren't given. And, uh, and it's not the first time we've been penalised in this opportunity. And, uh, MK Dons, meanwhile, beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but Swindon's win means they're still four points from the playoffs with just two games to go. Manager Carl Robinson says his side pulled it together in the second half. I thought we rolled our luck for the middle part of the set first half. I thought for 20 minutes they absolutely battered us. And once the ball didn't drop on our net, through Ian's good saves, through a little bit of luck. But second half I thought we looked like we were in control. Wickham Wanderers drew nil-nil with League Two promotion contenders Northampton. Here's chair boys boss Gareth Ainsworth. Really proud of the lads tonight. You know we uh, we uh, tinkered again with the formations, uh, something that we've uh, we've been doing the last few weeks, and the lads adapted really well. But I'm really proud of the way that they've handled the strong, strong Northampton side. You know. Luton Town drew 2-0 with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The Hatters twice had the lead with Andre Gray scoring both goals and Luton manager John still believes his side continued to improve gradually. We've given away, I think, two goals we'd, we'd probably be a bit disappointed with. But the bigger picture is I think we're matching you know, the better sides at the moment and um, I'm pleased with that with such little time with the, with the team. And finally, Bedford Rugby Club hosts Doncaster at Goldington Row this evening in a rearranged championship match which was snowed off last month. And that's the latest news and sport. More from me at 7 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly closed. Patients say they weren't given any warning, and now they're having to go elsewhere. Well, I'll be speaking to Penny Druitt, who's been a patient for 19 years, to find out what she's going to do now. And it's going to be the biggest funeral in Britain for more than a decade. A ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher. Some estimates put the bill at £10 million, although Dominic Grieve MP suggested it could be significantly less. Do you think it should be funded by you, the taxpayer? Well, our funeral correspondent Justin Dealey will be in St Albans this morning finding out. 08459 455 555. Thank you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I want lights on you, believe me, and though you're gone, you're with me every single day, believe me, days I remember all my life, days 
Patients at a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes say it's unacceptable that they weren't given any warning it was going to close. A sign at Willem Village Surgery says its doctor retired with immediate effect on Sunday night. Another doctor who worked there is currently suspended from practising. It means thousands of people are having to be re-registered. Well, our reporter Jessica Cooper was at the surgery yesterday when patients still hadn't heard the news. So you've just walked up to this, the surgery, opened the door, going in for an appointment, are you? Or what you thought was going to be an appointment? Yeah, that's right. I had an appointment for today and the door shut. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not heard anything. I just turned up as per usual, really. So I'm not quite sure where to go from mm. here. And you've just read the letter on the door, which gives you a bit more information. But what are your kind of immediate thoughts to the fact that it's closed and you didn't know? I just don't. I don't really don't know. I'm quite shocked. I'm obviously intrigued to know why he's resigned. It would have been nice to have been informed, you know, all the people who had appointments. I've just come out of work um, to get here and it's been shut. So it's not exactly the best of situations but yeah i guess we'll find out sooner or later but for now it's not really good enough is it no well penny Druitt has been a patient there for 19 years good morning penny good morning penny when did you find out the surgery was closing well um being a facebook follower um i saw a rumor on my facebook page and i must admit i looked at the date and i thought was this on april the 1st is it a joke and this was over the weekend. So on Monday, I went down there, thought, I just can't believe it. And there was the notice on the door. I just can't believe that it, it suddenly shut. So what did, what did someone say on your, your Facebook page? What, what did they, clues did they give? They, they didn't. They, they, they just said, I can't believe that um, the surgery has shut. And I thought, no, that, that can't be right. It must be an April Fool. And, and that's why I checked the date. No, it was uh, the when, with, Without going into your personal medical history, yeah. Penny, when was the last time you used the doctor's surgery? I haven't 
luckily I haven't used it for the past few months um, but a year ago I had some very serious medical problems and I was actually using it on virtually a daily basis not just for the GP but for the nurse um, services that they have I had a dressing that needed um, to be dressed every day and I was a very regular visitor so this was a, for, for a period was an integral part of your life how, how do you feel knowing that it's it's gone um it's very weird I was surprised how vulnerable it made me feel it almost made me feel like the rug had been pulled out from underneath me um, it, it's just something, it's like an insurance policy, I suppose, for everybody. You just need to know that your doctor and all the services that it offers, including all the nursing staff, are there for whenever you need it because you, you just don't know. I mean, you can suddenly become ill or you can have ongoing problems. And both of those, you need the support that, that's always I suppose, taken for granted. That's the lovely thing about our NHS. But we uh, haven't got that now. And you're right. That, I mean, we just assume our doctor's surgery is always going to be there. Oh, I feel a bit ill. I'm going to give them a quick call and see if I can get in later in the week. It's, it's, it's always there. Absolutely. I mean, I've had a, a cold and a bad sore throat for over a week. And I'm thinking, oh, if this cough goes on for another few days, I've tried all the cough medicines, maybe I'll need to pop down the doctor's. And, and see if it's something more serious, see if it's an infection. Have you, you been told? That, have you been told what you should do now? Have you had any d d feedback from the uh, from the surgery? We did actually yesterday. We received a letter, but it's not a personal letter. It was just addressed to the head of the household at our address, so it wasn't personal at all. And we've been getting lots of letters recently about. Um, from estate agents about selling our house and things. And I, we just thought it was another circular till we opened it. And it told us that it had closed and we were going to be allocated on a surname basis to another surgery. Any idea where this new surgery is going to be? How far it's going to be from, from your house? Yes, according to the letter, we've been allocated one over at Broughton, which is about three or four miles away from us. Ah, so not particularly convenient. Not particularly convenient, and um, it's not really a surgery that I particularly want to go to. Uh, so we took it upon ourselves, having received the letter, to go to one of the other local surgeries who said they'd been absolutely inundated with people uh, wanting to register from uh, our surgery. And did the letter, finally, Penny, did the letter explain why the surgery was closing? Nope. Just said, that's it. Thanks very much. Bye. I'm writing to inform you that the doctor has resigned his contract and will leave the practice with effect from 14th of April. That's it. Well, isn't that charming? Uh, Penny, I, I hope you find a, 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 a surgery that's appropriate for you, and thanks very much for coming on this morning. Thank you very much. That's Penny Druitt. Uh, had been a patient at the uh, the surgery for 19 years. This is uh, the Willin Village Surgery. Oh, were you a patient there? Didn't you know? It's closed down. Sorry to break bad news to you. Well, then, it's very, very mysterious, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, in it? <laughs> very mysterious, isn't it? You, you, can't, you can take the boy out of Slough. NHS England have told us Dr Lobo of Willen Village Surgery, Willen, has resigned his general medical services contract. This means Dr Lobo will no longer be providing GP services. Uh, we are working to ensure primary medical services will be delivered to the practice population following the departure of Dr Lobo. In it. 08459 455 555. My mum would be so proud of me.
Here it comes again. You don't get to hear that very often, do you? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Oh, look at 645. Let's get the travel news now. Adam Glynn. and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still looking pretty good out there. No real delays on the roads at the minute. We've got roadworks in Beaconsfield though so if anyone's driving in toward London that way, Park Lane through Beaconsfield temporary lights up for works between Candlebus Lane and the A40 so certainly if anyone's going toward the A40 you could get slowed down a little bit. Through Kingswood the A41 temporary traffic lights for electricity work near Grendon Road and some works in St Albans as well along the Hemel Hempstead Road the A4 147. More temporary traffic lights, those near St Michael's Street. Trains are looking good this morning. No delays heading for London at the minute or indeed elsewhere. Departure board's looking good. Piccadilly line tube, though minor delays because of signal failure at Acton Town. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Morning at 6.46. It's Wednesday the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Crowds are gathering outside St Paul's Cathedral this morning ahead of the funeral of Lady Thatcher. 
Bedfordshire police are insisting a fatal shooting in last week is not a sign that the town has a significant gun crime problem. In sport, Dower tennis star Andy Murray will begin his build-up to the French Open today when he tackles world number 81, Edward Roger Vaseline, in the second round of the Monte Carlo Masters. Coming up before seven, a ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher. Some estimates put the bill at £10 million. Well, do you think it should be funded by you, the taxpayer? You can have your say on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Or if you're in St Albans, you can grab our reporter, Justin Dealey, who's there, finding out what you think. Before that, let's get the weather with Wendy Hurrell. Beds, Hearts and Bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. Yes, good morning. It's a rather misty and murky start out there, particularly over the higher ground. Also a bit of drizzle caught up in the air, but it's mild. Temperatures of 9 degrees at Luton at the moment. And through the morning, we're going to see it brightening, brightening up nicely. So by the afternoon, some decent sunny spells. Just a small chance of a light shower, I suppose, the further west you go today. Um, but temperatures have a chance of getting into the high teens. It's going to feel nice and warm into the afternoon. A little bit blustery, winds from a southwesterly direction, but we're looking at highs of 17 or 18 degrees across some spots then as we go through the night it stays blustery the winds will be quite gusty i think at times temperatures eight or nine degrees celsius with clearing skies towards the early hours of the morning so a bright start to the day tomorrow but winds will be more westerly so it is going to feel fresher and i think temperatures reaching something more like 12 to 14 degrees throughout tomorrow afternoon also the chance of one or two showers cropping up here and there that could be a bit on the heavy side into the afternoon still one or two showers around four Friday as well but in amongst that some sunny skies too temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius not looking too bad at all for the weekend lighter wind Saturday picking up again Sunday but there will be some lovely sunshine and it should stay mostly dry that's your weather for now thank you very much Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it uh, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thatcher's funeral is going to cost us about £10 million. Thereabouts. It could be a, a couple of million out. Should you be paying for it? And do you think it's appropriate that some people are going to protest at a funeral? 08459 455 555. I took the perfect avenue Down the road to both of you Did I go Dutch? This is too much With all the money in the world You could never buy this girl Quite enough It will be tough If romancing me with neons Is something you should do Make the letters bright and luminous and blue And get me wake it up, shake it up, tangle up You could be fake it up, make it up, tangle up You can't be faking it, making it for my love If all this tragedy, don't get me tangled up I 
I can't separate your sins to me. You're acting like your twins. This is a mess. Is this a test? How many guesses do I get till only one of you is left? You're quite the same. If love's the game, I want to see emotions coloring the sky to the point it will make me wanna cry and get me waking up. Four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, the nation will pay its final respects to Baroness Thatcher today for her funeral. Thousands of people are expected to line the streets of central London as the former Prime Minister is carried with full military honours to St Paul's Cathedral. The Queen heads a glittering list of dignitaries from around the world, including former colleagues and show business stars due to attend the funeral. Well, our reporter Justin Daly is in St Albans this morning. Morning, Justin. Yes, hello, Ian. Um, the cost of the funeral estimated at £10 million already. One of your guests this morning has questioned that figure, but whichever way you look at this, this is still going to cost the taxpayer at millions of pounds and of course there will be people heading into London to protest by turning their backs I've been getting opinions on both those issues in St Albans this morning and this is what people have had to say So what's your views on those people that will be protesting in London today? Well it's disgusting really it's, it's a funeral whatever the reason for it it's, it's not an occasion to, to act like that you know any decent person would agree with me Were you a fan of Margaret Thatcher? Definitely. Can you understand why people weren't a fan of hers yeah but if you read between the lines there's a lot of things that the unions never told the public truthfully and 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 thatcher just showed them up i believe that's i'm just a fan of us i'm afraid i just so you're saying today that, that any decent person would agree that protesting is not the right thing to do just lastly the funeral is going to cost millions of pounds of taxpayers money again what's your thoughts on that these are very tough times is that the right thing to do spending millions of pounds on this uh well it's once in a lifetime for that person so yes i think it's the right thing Madam, in terms of spending millions of pounds on this funeral, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's disgusting, and I think all the money that they've cut back on the the people who have got benefits, and they're taking away from all the... 
disabled people and things like that. I just think it's a waste of money. What about protesting today? If anybody's protesting at the funeral, is that the right place to do that, do you think? I don't think it is, and I think it's a waste of time. I mean, what's it going to do? They're only protesting about the funeral. But I just, I just think it's a, it's a waste, waste of time. Jonathan, is a funeral the right place to protest? Absolutely not. Totally ridiculous. It's good to look at Margaret Thatcher as being the greatest peacetime Prime Minister. She deserves everything a proper state funeral should have. Madam, we've been talking this morning about people protesting at the funeral today. Do you think that's the right thing to do? No, it isn't. Uh, Can you tell us why? No, because, like I say, it's a personal thing anyway. I know it's a, a state kind of a state thing today, but um, she's done a lot for the country. She's, uh, I think, I, I believed in her at the time, and, uh, yeah, I think it's just wrong. I mean, if, for the personal thing for the family and everything, it shouldn't go ahead. Um, they should have respect for the person, not, not so much well, how they obviously believe that her politics were wrong. That's everyone's different view, but she was voted in by the public, and she was never voted out by the public. Mm. So those people going up to London today to protest, do you think they should be ashamed of themselves? I think so, yeah. What do you think, madam? Is a funeral the right place to protest today? No, absolutely not. uh, You should have respect for the lady. She was somebody's mother and grandmother. No matter what your views are regarding politics, when it comes to a funeral, you should have more respect. Well, some mixed views there, Justin, but the majority of people saying that that protesting at a funeral is is perhaps inappropriate. Absolutely. Um, Lots of passion already, bearing in mind it's before 7 o'clock in the morning. We heard uh, disgusting mention twice there and ridiculous. I think most people, the majority of people, regardless of their views of Margaret Thatcher, certainly won't be taking the time to go up to London to protest today. Most people I've been talking to this morning think that is the wrong thing to do. Whether, of course, the, the, the taxpayers should be footing the bill, millions of pounds, that's a different issue but certainly most people feel that that protesting is disrespectful justin thank you very much indeed i I, I would be very surprised if any bbc three counties radio listeners were intending to go to london to protest against the funeral today i'd be very surprised i just i've seen the figures of the demographics but but you can prove me wrong if you are going down there to protest could you give me a call 08459 455 555 why why is it so important to you to go and protest at thatcher's funeral or maybe you're just going down there to support it's an odd thing isn't it do you remember the crowds when um princess diana her funeral took place so huge crowds it's an odd thing isn't it <clears throat> to um go and line the street go and line a funeral procession why, why would you do I'd struggle to find why you would d- do that. If you could explain to me, 08459 455 555. Uh, Chris Knox on the, uh, the subject of uh, the bill, the rumoured £10 million bill, says on Facebook, if people were not being idiots by holding parties that needed a police presence and some leading to riots, riots we wouldn't need to foot such a big bill. If you hated her, fine. But peaceful protesting with a heads up to the police would have saved the country so much. Well, I don't necessarily think the 10 million quid is going towards the policing. Some of it is, of course, but it's a pretty big do. Dave says on Twitter, at BBC3CR or at Ian Lee, she was a millionaire who should pay for her own funeral. A precedent has been set with other former prime ministers expecting the same. Well, it's the big story this morning. On uh, the, the front pages are divided between... Um, Updates on the Boston Marathon attack uh, or the uh, the funeral of Lady Thatcher, Baroness Thatcher. What do you think? Let's say 10 million quid. I'm sure we'll get, I think we're going to get the full figure later on in the week, aren't we? I think William Hager said it will be released after the event. Let's assume it's 10 million pounds at the moment and uh, we can ratchet it down when we know the full figures. 
should we be paying that much money towards Thatcher's funeral? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And if you're going down there either to protest or to join in the... I was going to say celebrations. That's not not necessarily the right word. But but to pay your respects. 08459 455 555. Why is it so important for you to go to London and be part of Thatcher's funeral? Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And if you are indeed heading toward London, possibly for the funeral of Baroness Thatcher, expect things to be a little bit busier in Zone 1 on the tubes. That's the advice that we've been given this morning. So, no planned tube station closures, but certainly if you're heading into the heart of central London, things could be busier than the usual morning. Right now, no real problems on the tubes, other than the Piccadilly line, which has minor delays eastbound because of signal failure at Acton Town. Trains across the three counties running nicely, and on the roads, it's been a good start. The M25 is looking clear through the roadworks. Of course, we still have the 50 mile an hour restriction between junctions 23 and 25 in both directions. And still looking at those cameras on the M40, quite the misty start between junction 5 and 4. In fact, I can hardly see through some of the cameras, but traffic levels do appear to be quite light. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Coming up in the next hour of the show, more on Margaret Thatcher's funeral. Are you intending to go, either as a protester or to show your support? I'd love to hear from you this morning. We'll talk more after the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headline, security stepped up for Lady Thatcher's funeral, beds police play down loot and gun problem and witness appeal after Aylesbury assault. BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation's been organised for Lady Thatcher's funeral later this morning involving more than 4,000 police officers. Here are the details with our home affairs correspondent, Danny Shaw. Although the attacks in Boston on Monday are not believed to have led to any significant changes in security for the funeral... It's expected that police and members of the public will be even more vigilant. Arguably, the biggest headache for police is how to respond to any spontaneous protests along the funeral route or close to mourners. Senior officers acknowledge they have a difficult balance to strike between allowing people to express their opinions and maintaining order. Police have powers to arrest those who use threatening, abusive or insulting words or behaviour, but Scotland Yard says it's not for the police to uphold respect. The FBI says its investigation into who carried out the bombing at the Boston Marathon remains wide open. Explosives experts believe the devices were based on pressure cookers containing nails and ball bearings to inflict maximum damage. Bedfordshire police say the fatal shooting of Paul Foster in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a serious gun problem. Yesterday morning, in what's thought to be an unrelated incident, shots were fired at a house in Burnham Road near Stopsley. Local policing chief superintendent Mark Turner says only a small number of people were involved. We've got a very, very small minority of people in Luton who will arm themselves with firearms and have used them in furtherance of criminality. That doesn't necessarily equate to a large gun crime problem or the fact that gangs are roaming about using firearms. 
Police in Aylesbury are appealing for witnesses to an assault in the early hours of Monday morning. At around 2.30am, a 24-year-old man was walking with his girlfriend in College Path near Penn Road when he was knocked unconscious. Police are particularly keen to speak to two men seen in the area at the time who may have witnessed the incident. Patients in Milton Keynes are demanding answers after the sudden closure of their doctor's surgery. One of the GPs at Willin Village Surgery has resigned, another has been suspended and the NHS say they had to act quickly. Letters have been sent to all patients but many, including this man who's been registered at the surgery for more than 20 years, feel they've been left in the dark. Very sad. It's local, it's handy and we got used to the staff here. You know, doctors are doctors and you get used to them and you want to carry on with them. Quite why it's happened we don't know. I don't think anybody really knows. Somebody must do, but uh, certainly not the patients. <laughs> in sport, Watford remained six points from an automatic promotion position in the championship with just three games to go after losing 1-0 to Millwall last night. MK Dons beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but a win for Swindon means they remained four points from the playoffs with two games left and Luton Town drew 2 all with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The weather cloudy to start, but brighter later with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius, that's 66 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. I've got a bell. Oh, good. I've stolen the bell from reception. Right. But I don't know what to do with it. Ding it. Yeah, nice one, Kath. You've always got good ideas. Kath's the brains behind this organisation. I know she doesn't sound it, but she really is the brains behind this organisation. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of things to talk about this morning, and as always, I'm sure you'd like to have your say. Thousands of people are expected to line the streets of central London for Margaret Thatcher's funeral. Many of those will be protesting. Well, do you think the funeral is the right place to protest? I'll be speaking to the Green Party spokesman for Beds, Hearts and Bucks about why he's going. The doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly closed. Patients say they weren't given any warning. Lots of them just turning up Monday, finding it was shut. They're now having to go elsewhere. Well, before half past seven, we'll find out more about why the patients are so fed up. And like drinking during pregnancy doesn't harm child behavioural or mental development. But do you think it's acceptable to drink whilst you're pregnant? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It'll be the biggest funeral in Britain for more than a decade. A ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher, the longest-serving Prime Minister of the 20th century and the only woman occupant of 10 Downing Street, apart from the wives. The Queen and Prince Philip will be among 2,000 people in attendance. It's expected many protesters lining the route will turn their backs on the former Prime Minister's coughing, coughing during the procession as a mark of disrespect for the former leader. Mark Scheinman is the Green Party spokesman for Beds, Hearts and Bucks and joins me now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Mark, what's your assessment of Lady Thatcher's political career? Uh, it wasn't so much a political career. It was an absolute disaster for the people of England. She did things that she had to do because things needed to change. But so many things were done in such a callous way that had such a consequence on so many people and changed their lives and actually killed some people. Um, 
in Luton, I remember seeing somebody at Luton Rights Centre consoling her because her 18-year-old son committed suicide because he couldn't get work. That was the price that we had to pay. And two wrongs don't make a right. Spending £10 million at a time of such economic austerity where the poor are suffering again, that we must show some method that we do not want this to happen and that a peaceful method is just turning our backs as a visual method to show that we protest. Mark, can you, were there any redeeming features of uh, Prime Ministership? Yes, that you can't ever say that one person does nothing that was good was good uh there were things that i'm speaking as a trade unionist there were things that had to be done democracy had to be brought into trade unionship and that is only right and proper but the price that was paid um the cost to national health services that's why i got involved in politics because i had a spinal injury and I asked them to do a special x-ray at St Albans Hospital. They refused to do it because they were over their financial budget for the year and couldn't afford to do it. Two years later, I had that special x-ray done. It showed the damage to my back and they tried to operate on me. It failed because they said that if I'd had it done in the first three months of my accident i would have stood a 70 percent chance of full recovery the cost to me is the fact that i've had to walk with a walking stick for the rest of my life um struggle in life um and is that a price that a leadership should be accountable for are you blaming just to clarify are you blaming that on on margaret thatcher your your um spinal injury i'm not blaming the spinal injury i'm blaming the fact that there was no cure that the therapy the test wasn't done purely because the x-ray i was asking for was 89 pounds 89 pounds and 76 pence was the exact price as a as a as a user of the nhs was given and that specifically is Margaret Thatcher's fault, is it? Yes, it was, because she brought the changes into the National Health Service. And these are changes... This is a second alarm call for everyone in Britain, because these same kind of changes are coming through again. But right changes now. do have, changes did have to be made then, and do have to be made now, because there, there isn't a bottomless pit of money, is there? And, and, and hard decisions, some might argue, do have to be made. Yes, but... If you make a hard decision that in the long term ends up costing you far, far more because either services are being pushed away to someone else or then someone else is having to do, you can't always rely on the voluntary sector to be doing things. Um, I was in London the other day and Kensington and Chelsea don't have social services anymore. They have a voluntary social services. Where's the safety for the children of our society if social services aren't there to look after people because we don't have the funding in local government to do it? Surely that's a price that's far too much to pay. Mark, you're going to the funeral today, aren't you? What, what yes. are you planning to do? Just to politely turn my back and 
as as the carriage comes past and I think with a large number of people show my absolute abhorrence at the spectacle of this funeral and the amount of money that's being paid in it for it and to know that the whole country doesn't think that everything that she did was was for a purpose but Mark, a what, 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 out what, of out of spite what 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 purpose will it um, serve protesting at a funeral can't you just stay at home and and, and let this resentment lift no because maybe this is actually a way of letting go of that resentment that that despite everything she's done to change my life i've managed to see out her life uh, now obviously that was odds on favorite because i'm younger than she is but at least now i can bury the ghosts by expressing myself in this manner and say this was the price i paid for you Good riddance. Goodbye. I got it. Listen, Mark. With my political feelings to, to one side, I do feel uncomfortable. And uh, it, hey, isn't it great we live in a country where people can protest peacefully yeah. if they want? Of course, fantastic. I do feel uncomfortable though that the, the concept of people protesting at a, at a funeral surely uh, it, it displays um, the maturity and uh, the, the, the upper hand to be able to just let that funeral happen without protesting. No, because otherwise there's no voice for dissent. Um, the, but a funeral, the, is that really appropriate? It, it is appropriate when you consider this is costing £10 million. What would that buy? So what, what are you pro- services Mark, would we have Mark, with that? what are you protesting at? Are you protesting against uh, Th- Thatcher's uh, uh, rule or the I'm, £10 million? I, I'm protesting at the life of that woman and the way that she, the things she carried out, that she did with a, a, a vindictive manner, and also the total, now, a second visit on hard, austerity times, that we are wasting this money, do you and think, it is not in my name. Do you think with members of the Green Party, like yourself, protesting, it's, it's going to do your party any favours? Yes. Because it's, look, if I do something and I'm doing it genuinely from my heart, other people can see that. Uh, I'm not doing it to destroy or to cause any harm. I'm not going to be rioting through the streets. I'm not going to be shouting at police people. I'm not going to be damaging any property. I'm just merely turning my back to show in my heart what I actually think about that Prime Minister. Mark, uh, stay there. Philip from Milton Keynes is is, uh, always gone, has he? Philip, uh, we just had a caller whose basic point was he didn't understand why anyone would protest uh, uh, at a funeral. It it does sound like, Mark, you're very angry, still. I'm I'm still angry, but this will be a method of burying the ghost and maybe I will lay to rest uh, the price that I believe she's had on my life. Mark, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much uh, indeed. That's Mark Scheiman, who is uh, a Green Party spokesman for Beds, Hearts and Bucks. We heard there he's going to go to the funeral uh, and he's going to protest peacefully by turning his uh, back, his damaged back, which he he blames squarely um, on Margaret Thatcher.
Well, and I, it, it is wonderful, isn't it, that we, we live in a country where we are free to protest as we want, peacefully. That's marvellous. I just the thought of protesting at a funeral sits uh, it sits a little bit uncomfortably with me. What do you think? Is it appropriate to uh, protest at a funeral? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, uh, just to flag up uh, something that's happening on BBC Three Counties Radio a little bit later on this morning from nine o'clock. JVS is back with the JVS show, and he'll be looking at all of your consumer problems, including the case of Brenda, who says she's owed thousands of pounds from doing someone's laundry and they won't pay. How much laundry has Brenda been doing, for goodness sakes, to be owed thousands of pounds? Incredible! Well, JVS will be uh, tackling that from 11, but his show starts at 9. 08459 455555. Five. Right, let's get the travel news. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. No sign of the mist lifting at the moment on the M40. It's sort of hovering from junction 5 to 4. Quite difficult to see on the cameras, but traffic levels are pretty light at the minute. The M40's moving well all the way down to London, and it's looking pretty clear on the northbound side as well. Things starting to busy up on the M25, though. Speed sensors picking it up and checking the cameras. It's definitely looking slow particularly anti-clockwise from the M1 at Junction 21 through to 19 at Watford, then from Maple Cross at 17 through to the M40 at Junction 16. If the Piccadilly line's part of your journey into work this morning, good news because normal service is now resumed. However, disruption for the Northern Line tube. Service via Charing Cross has been suspended on the southbound side between Camden Down and Kennington. Minor delays on the rest of the line. It's after a person fell under a train at Euston. Tickets will be accepted, though, on First Capital Connect's Thameslink services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Morning, it's 7.15. It's Wednesday, the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation has been organised for Lady Thatcher's funeral, involving more than 4,000 police officers. Bedfordshire police say the fatal shooting of Paul Foster in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a serious gun problem. In horse racing, Black Caviar, widely considered the best sprinter in the world in horse terms, has been retired after 25 consecutive race wins. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cloudy to start, brighter later with a top temperature of 19 degrees. Coming up, as we've been saying this morning, a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly closed. Patients say they weren't given any warning and they're now having to go elsewhere. Well, before half past seven, we'll hear why the patients are so fed up. BBC Three Counties Radio. Late kickoff is back. The football league show that takes you to the heart of your club. And with BBC iPlayer, you can get closer to your team wherever and whenever you want. Meeting the players, the managers and the backroom staff. It's much more than match highlights and balls in the back of the net. We bring you the stories that need to be told and tackle the issues that matter most to you. Late kickoff. The new series. bbc.co.uk slash iPlayer. And search for late kickoff. Because we know football the way you do. 08459 four double five five double five. Is it acceptable to go and protest at a funeral? There's that um, um, group, isn't there? That religious, the Westboro Baptist Church or something in America, and they they picket the funerals of uh, of American soldiers who've died in the wars. And I've always thought that we were a little bit above that. I'm sure the protests today generally won't be as uh, as extreme as those, but. 
Just the thought of going to someone's funeral and protesting. She's got family and stuff, you know. It just seems an odd thing to do. 08459 455 555. You can also have your say on facebook.com. Uh, forward slash BBC 3CR. Patients at a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes say it's unacceptable that they weren't given any warning it was going to close. A sign at Willan Village Surgery says its doctor retired with immediate effect on Sunday night, and another doctor who worked there is currently suspended from practising. Well, it means that thousands of people are being re-registered. Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been to the surgery. As you arrive at the front of Willan Village Surgery, there's now a sign on the door which informs you that Dr Lobo has resigned with immediate effect from Sunday the 14th of April and it also gives details for patients about where they can re-register and I've just been inside the surgery and there is somebody there to answer questions for people who haven't received their letter about it closing Um, but it's quite an unusual atmosphere in there it's a totally empty waiting surgery which you don't see very often in a GP Um, empty bookshelves the notice board doesn't have any leaflets on it anymore. I'm told that there is a GP and a nurse here this week um, to deal with immediate inquiries, um, but I'm not sure how long that's continuing for. And during the time that I've been here, people have been coming up to the surgery to try and find out what's going on, and also some people who weren't aware that it would closed. So you've just walked up to this, the surgery, opened the door, going in for an appointment, are you? Or what you thought was going to be an appointment? Yeah, that's right. I had an appointment for today and the door shut. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not heard anything. I just turned up as per usual, really. So I'm not quite sure where to go from mm. here. And you've just read the letter on the door, which gives you a bit more information. But what are your kind of immediate thoughts to the fact that it's closed and you didn't know? I just don't. I don't really don't know. I'm quite shocked. I'm obviously intrigued to know why he's resigned. It would have been nice to have been informed, you know, all the people who had appointments. I've just come out of work um, to get here and it's been shut, so it's not exactly the best of situations. But yeah, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. But for now, it's not really good enough, is it? No. You were both patients here at the surgery. Um, When did you hear the news then? Saturday last in the morning. I got a phone call from a friend and said, have you got a letter? And uh, what letter? (laughs) And then he explained what was going on. Um, very sad. It's local, it's handy, and we got used to the staff here. You know, doctors are doctors, and you get used to them and you want to carry on with them. Mm. Um, quite why it's happened, we don't know. Mm. No idea. I don't think anybody really knows. Somebody must do, but uh, certainly not the patients. <laughs> well, that's Jessica Cooper speaking to former patients of the Willen Village Surgery. Marilyn Martin was also a patient at the surgery. He joins me now. Morning, Marilyn. Good morning, Ian. How did you find out the surgery had closed? Uh, like the gentleman um, before me there, I received a letter on Saturday morning. And we, we've heard this letter was, was quite impersonal. It, it looked like it could have been a circular advertising car insurance That's or something. That's exactly what I thought it was. And I actually didn't open it when I received it. I just It was the only letter I received. It was a brown envelope. It was to the, the head of the household... And I assumed, well, they haven't a clue who's in my household, if that's how they've addressed it, so they don't know me. And I just threw the letter across on the table. And it was only later when I was tidying up that I sort of looked at it again and thought, well, I'll open it, and found this, this, this letter. And what did you think when, when you found this letter saying, sorry to let you know that your surgery's closed? I was just shocked. I was just shocked that somebody had taken my health and put it in a circular letter. 
Um, the fact that they didn't even say, dear Mrs. Martin, there was no NHS number. Um, if that had come to this house and I didn't live here anymore, um, you know, the present tenants or occupants may not have known about it. They wouldn't have known who I was, who it should have gone to. If it had my name and address on it, then it could have been redirected if I had taken to do that with the post office. So ultimately, I would have known... I, I've just moved, so I'm, I'm starting a new surgery. But my previous surgery, I had an excellent relationship with my doctor. I got on well with the, the receptionist, and I kind of, you know, knew people by name. Did, did you have a good relationship with the, the people at the surgery? I didn't. I mean, I, I had specific conditions that I went to the doctors for. I wasn't at the doctors regularly, um, but I did have appointments that I had to keep, and I have got a repeat prescription. And I always found everybody very helpful, very amenable, um, and the system worked. Well, that's a good point. What happens with the repeat prescription? I don't know. Oh, they didn't <laughs> bother telling you? I mean, that, that is, I mean, I was in a couple of clinics, which meant that I had appointments maybe every six months um, for blood tests and things like that. I've got no idea now what happens with those. I'm assuming that I can still go to the pharmacy and ask for my repeat prescription and that that will be fulfilled by whoever. Um, but again, I don't know. And I'm worried that, you know, if it's a case of they choose different tablets from the ones that I've meant to be on because they're cheaper or whatever, um, I, just, I just feel very unsettled that, um, that this letter's come out, you know, just to, to people like that, not taking into account... I mean, I'm, I'm able-bodied and sort of I've, I've still got all my brain cells, but there are older people, there are people who are unwell, there are younger people perhaps with the children i just feel it's not the way to treat people with their health and have they suggested a, a new surgery for you i'm on the list according to my the letter of the alphabet i have been allocated another surgery and, and how close is that to, how convenient is that for it's you it's not convenient no it's about two grid squares away two or three grid squares away and have you spoken to your, your new surgery? No, I haven't, because I, I just... I, the first thing I did was went on to the National Health website and looked at the reviews for the, for the surgeries in Milton Keynes. Mm. Um, and it makes, it makes very uncomfortable reading. <laughs> Marilyn, I, I appreciate your time this morning. Marilyn Martin was a, a, a patient at the, uh, the surgery. Well, Eric Rose is a retired Milton Keynes GP, used to be on the local medical committee for Buckinghamshire. Eric, well, one, one quick question that, that Marilyn raised there. What, what would happen in a situation like this with a repeat prescription? Is, is the pharmacist responsible for that now? No, uh, it should be issued by the doctor. Right. Hopefully, um, I mean, everybody's got a computerised records now. Uh, hopefully, somebody will find some way of transferring the computerised records from Willen um, Village to the new surgeries that people have been allocated to. But I, I have to say that as somebody who knows the area I, and who's known about this practice for many years, I'm absolutely horrified at the way this has happened and the way that patients and staff have been treated by the NHS with, with apparent disre disregard. How could it happen so quickly? We know that one doctor has, has been suspended by the uh, General Medical Council, but the other one retired with immediate effect. It, it seems... It just well, happened so suddenly. I, I don't know the recent history. What, what I do know is having been on the local medical committee and then being senior partner of a neighbouring practice for, for 10 years, there have, there have been problems with this practice going back 15 or more, more years. And it's not so much about the way the doctors interact with the patients. 
it, it, there have been serious problems about the way the practice itself is organized and they've also had financial problems general general practice is organized on a sort of an independent basis almost like a like a small business and it it's always seemed to me that the doctors here whilst they've been uh, well liked by patients and the staff have been very good they they just haven't organized um the business properly now there was an opportunity four years ago um soon after i retired i was contacted by the pct said who said they were very worried about the way this practice was going and they asked me if i would consider going in um to take over the practice and to get it back on its feet again now i i accepted this um offer um, and then the PCT at very short notice, in fact, the same day as they'd offered me an appointment, then rang me up and cancelled and said they'd decided they wouldn't, wouldn't go ahead with that. So this is not a new problem. I, I've no idea what's been going on in the last four years, but I do know that the, the, the PCT knew well about the problems, and the, the, that's the former primary care trust, mm. um, which ran um, services until two weeks ago, and, and I can't understand what on earth has been going on in those four years should they have stepped in and to this situation if they were aware there were problems should should they have stepped in and been more forceful as, as i think the, the surgery has something like four thousand patients i think well ab- absolutely i think they should and they did have this opportunity and they did have the plan i spent quite a lot of time working on a on a plan as to how the surgery m- might be rescued um, and uh, and the primary care trust at that stage were talking about changing the, the contract, and and they did indeed have an opportunity at that time to to terminate the contract and then start it all over again. They didn't do that. I don't know why they didn't do that, but I, I was I was sort of flabbergasted having been appointed, so to speak, to do this work and then cancelled on 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 the same day. I, I just cannot understand what they've been doing for the last four years that's allowed them to get into this situation. Finally, Eric, if it is something like 4,000 patients that are now surgery-less, can, can the local surgeries cope with an influx of that many people? I, I don't know. My former practice was the nearest um, at Milton Keynes Village, and I noticed they're not on the list, and, and I think they are bursting at the seams. And again, the primary care trust has just not recognised that they needed to expand. I note that people have been allocated to surgeries some distance away. I, I would think any surgery suddenly taking on a thousand or more patients at short notice is going to find find it a bit of a struggle. Eric, I appreciate your time this morning. It's Eric Rose, retired Milton Keynes GP, used to be on the local medical committee for Buckinghamshire. Well, if uh, you were were a patient at a Willem Village surgery, I got bad news. You ain't any more. It's closed. NHS England have spoken to us. They told us Dr Lobo of Willen Village Surgery has resigned his general medical services contract. This means that Dr Lobo will no longer be providing GP services from the Willen Village Surgery. We are working to ensure primary medical services will be delivered to the practice population following the departure of Dr Lobo. And we've written to all patients to explain the situation and we'll keep them updated on future arrangements. Well, I would suggest, NHS England, that that uh, letter doesn't really explain a lot at all. It just says, yeah, sorry, you've got no doctors. Try this one. Not particularly helpful, is it? 08459 555 555. Travel News, Adam Glynn.
Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just looking at the speed sensors and it's looking quite slow on the A413 as you come from Wendover through to Great Missenden. A little bit busy along there this morning. A41 down toward the M25 is looking slow as well. Not a surprise really because the M25 has a fair few delays already this morning from Junction 21A at St Albans round to 19 at Watford. It's taking around 15 or 20 minutes already to get through the traffic there and there was an accident which is now on the hard shoulder near to Junction 20. Further round anti-clockwise delays from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 at the M4 as well. That's taking about 25 minutes to get through. And if the tube's part of your journey to work this morning, expect things to be busier in central London, of course, with the funeral of Baroness Thatcher. Zone 1 is where it's likely to be busiest. Plus, at the minute, on the Northern Line, service via Charing Cross has been suspended southbound between Camden Town and Kennington, with severe delays on the rest of the line after a person fell under a train. Your tickets will be accepted, though, on First Capital Connect Thameslink services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 7.30 News and Sport Now, Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. A large security operation has been organised for Lady Thatcher's funeral involving more than 4,000 police officers. The FBI says its investigation into who carried out the bombing at the Boston Marathon remains wide open. And Bedfordshire police say the fatal shooting of Paul Foster in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a serious gun problem. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A 1-0 defeat by Millwall last night means Watford is still six points from an automatic promotion position in the Championship with just three more games to go. Here's Hornets manager Gianfranco Zola. We need to uh, finish in a, in a proper way and uh, and um, and so therefore I'm looking for you know finishing well and preparing well for, the, for this playoffs if it happens to be. MK Dons beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but Swindon's win mean they still four points from the playoffs with just two games to go. Manager Carl Robinson told us his side pulled it together for the second half. I thought we rolled our luck for the middle part of the set first half. I thought for 20 minutes they absolutely battered us. And once the ball didn't drop on our net, through Ian's good saves, through a little bit of luck. But second half I thought we looked like we were in control. Wickham Wanderers drew 0-0 with League 2 promotion contenders Northampton. Nevertheless, so chairboy's boss Gareth Ainsworth is pleased with his side's position in the table. Pack that in. Sorry. I'm just glad we're, you know, we're out of it, we're safe now and, and we've worked really hard to be in this position. So no pressure, try and play and, uh, and get the points because uh, there'll be other teams relying on us. Luton Town drew 2-0 with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The Hatters twice had the lead, courtesy of Andre Gray. Uh, manager John still felt his side was punished for their mistakes. Attitude to the game is good, but you know we have to realise that you can't make mistakes against the better teams because they punish you and uh, we got punished for a couple of mistakes today. Finally, Bedford Rugby Club hosts Doncaster at Goldington Road tonight in a rearranged championship match which was snowed off last month. After losing to Leeds on Saturday, the Blues need a win to get back on course for a top four finish. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at eight o'clock. Yeah. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, 7.32. Time to clear my throat, I believe. We'll have the latest uh, in the next 30 minutes or so on the investigation into the 
the Boston bombing, and it's going to be the biggest funeral in Britain for more than a decade. A ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher, or some estimates put the bill at £10 million. Do you think it should be funded by you, the taxpayer? And is it right that some people should be allowed to protest there? Our reporter Justin Dealey will be in St Albans this morning to find out more. 08459 The authorities investigating the bombing at Boston Marathon on Monday have found pieces of nylon, which they say could have been part of a backpack used to conceal one of the devices. It's believed the bombs could have been based on a pressure cooker packed with ball bearings to cause maximum damage. Three people died and more than 170 were injured. While reporter Catherine Stancheshen is uh, following this. Good morning, Catherine. Give us the latest on this, please. Good morning, Ian. Well, it, it remains a very complicated investigation. This, uh, In fact, Boston's police commissioner described the crime scene as the most complex in the history of the department. The newest information coming out overnight is about these pieces of nylon that have been found at the scene, along with fragments of other things like ball bearings and nails and other pieces of shrapnel that were possibly contained in a pressure cooker type device. The FBI's actually released a picture of the remains of what looks like a backpack believed to have been used. That that picture shows shredded dark nylon type material with a, a foam insert spilling out as well. As for the other components, experts say they can all be widely bought on the internet. And former White House security aide Philip Hughes says a bomb like this certainly wouldn't be difficult to create. We've seen these before in uh, improvised explosive devices uh, in Iraq, uh, and uh, we've seen them before in the attempted bombing in Times Square a couple of years ago. It's a simple bomb to make. Uh, according to what I have heard, it uh, takes uh, perhaps an hour and maybe costs $100 or so. So it sounds uh, frighteningly easy to create a device like this. The fragments are now being tested to try and find out exactly how it was uh, put together and, more importantly, who put it together. Kath, are we any closer to understanding who might be responsible for this? There's no word of any arrests yet, no word of anyone in custody at all, but as time goes on without uh, any group claiming responsibility, there is more and more speculation this could be the work of an individual or, or individuals rather than an organisation. Uh, President Obama saying yesterday, though, that this was an act of terror, but it's still unclear whether it was the work of foreign or domestic terrorists or, or indeed that of a single malevolent individual. What he did say, though, was that he's vowing those who carried out the bombings will be punished. Uh, pictures on some of the front pages this morning of uh, Martin Richards, the eight-year-old lad that was killed. Do we know anything else about the victims? Of course, we know about the human toll here, the loss of three lives. We know that the number of injuries has just seemed to, to go up and up. More than 170 people hurt, and some of those injuries absolutely horrific. Many cases of loss of limbs. And as you say, Martin Richard, the eight-year-old who was one of those who died all over the papers today, he was at the finishing line with his mum and his sister, both of whom were very seriously hurt as well. Flowers have been left outside their family home in Boston, where neighbours have been paying tribute. They played basketball in the driveway, they had friends over, and they were just normal children, and it's a terrible thing to have to happen to go to watch something that's supposed to be fun and have this happen. It's a very close-knit community here, and we are all just devastated. As well as eight-year-old Martin Richard, the second victim was named as Crystal Campbell, a 29-year-old restaurant manager. And the third victim has not been named, but Boston University has confirmed that that person was a student there. Ah, it's so sad. Catherine uh, Sancheshen, thank you very much indeed. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. So the front pages of all the newspapers are split between the, uh, well, the picture of uh, that, that beautiful young lad, Martin Richards, who was, uh, was killed in the bomb, and Margaret Thatcher's funeral. Well, what, what do you think about Thatcher's funeral? It's rumoured it's going to cost £10 million. It's going to cost us £10 million. Could be a bit less. We spoke to Dominic Grieve earlier on. He suggests it will be significantly less and the family will be bu- taking some of the burden. But in times of austerity, should we really be... Sp- let's assume it's £10 million and let's, let's correct later on when we know the full figures. Should we be spending that much money? Should we be spending millions of pounds on a funeral? 08459 455 555. And also... People will be going... We spoke to someone from the Green Party earlier on who's going to go down and protest, a peaceful protest. They'll be turning their back um, on the funeral procession, a back that I should point out that he claims is injured because of Margaret Thatcher. What do you think? Is it appropriate to protest at a funeral? Paul's in Pexton Village. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Paul, what do you think about the, the, the protests that will be taking place today? Is it appropriate... Well, I suppose I should be grateful that we live in a country where people are allowed to protest freely. Uh, And so the answer has got to be that if they're just turning their backs on the procession and they think that that childish gesture helps them, then fair enough. Um, I have to say it doesn't impress me because I think the whole concept of protesting at a funeral is just utterly distasteful. Uh, Whatever you thought of the person concerned, as it happens, I I was a Conservative councillor during the the 80s and into the 90s, so I was first elected a councillor, actually in Derbyshire as a county councillor, at a time when she was uh, very active on the scene. She was precisely what we required. I've always been a working trades unionist, Tory or no Tory. Uh, I think sometimes surprises people, but there are actually quite a lot of us. And... um, the one thing that she did above anything was to hand the trade unions back to their members. She put an end to uh, lifetime presidencies, the, the Scargills of this world, uh, who, were, who proliferated throughout the 60s and 70s, were finally done away with in the 80s because it was no longer possible either to get do things through a trade union by show of hands, because postal ballots were introduced and, and support, supported by the state, but also... Uh, people couldn't do, have lifetime presidencies, uh, which which had completely negated the the rights of members of unions to uh, to to use their unions in a democratic fashion. She put an end to that. And the other great thing she did, because I've worked most of my life as a journalist, is that she opened local government meetings. She, it was impossible mm. in many local authority areas to get any kind of knowledge of what the Dickens was going on. They were forever going into camera at those meetings they claimed were open, and there was no absolute requirement to let the press attend, and she put an end to the secrecy in local authorities. Paul, do you understand why, why some people do hate her? And I, I, I use that word uh, on purpose, that some people do hate her. Yes, I, I, there are people with very strongly held political views. I must say that I'm, I'm sorry that he holds his... Uh, your friend from the Green Party holds his his back injury personally against her, which I'm afraid gives his, his own protest a bit of a personal resentment and edge. But I, <laughs> people with very strongly felt, she was a conviction politician, people with strongly felt views do arouse very strong passions. For everybody like, uh, who felt so strongly as he did and expressed on the air this morning, which on the whole I thought was a rather unpleasant 
um, uh, way of exp explaining his objections to it, but anyway, for everybody who felt like that, there's at least another two or three people you could have met during the period she was in office who were absolutely delighted with the changes she'd introduced. Paul, will now, you be going... Know, sorry. No, I just ask, because we need to move on, because we are running slightly out of time, and this is fascinating. Will, will you be going to the funeral today? No, but I shall certainly be, be watching it, because I'm not, uh, I'm not busy today. I'm, uh, I've t taken a week's leave, so I, I shall be watching it. I'm not going You've not taken a week's leave because of Thatcher, have you? Sorry? You've not taken the week's leave because of Thatcher? Uh, no. no, that's, that's, no, that's no, just no, a happy no, coincidence. I'm, I'm okay. sick of fans. Oh, okay, good. I was, I was concerned for a second. Paul, we have to move on. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve's from Luton. Morning, Steve. Hello, morning. S Steve, will you be protesting at Margaret Thatcher's funeral today? No, no, no she's, she's all right. She's got more balls than most prime ministers, I'm afraid to say that word, but at least she stood by what she Don't believed Don't be afraid to say it? prime ministers, no. And she sorted, well, she sorted the country out. She took the Falklands back. Obviously, the unions, you can't blame Thatcher for the unions this year all the time when they keep striking for petty excuses and putting the tools down. You can't run a country like that, can you? So they, I would say, I would say they probably deserve what they got, but in the manner that it was handled, it could have been handled better. Well, Steve, lots, I, of, lots, of, lots of families were, were, were torn apart, people yeah, lost I, their I, homes. I said, that's what I just said. I said it could have been done in a different manner. It could have been, things could have been phased out over a longer period instead of just shutting the doors like on the miners, on the, <clears throat> on the things. But on the other hand, looking at hindsight now, we could probably dig out the coal for cheap and what, what we're actually buying it from abroad. Can we not still do that now? Ten, anyway, I, I support Thatcher. She's done what she's done. It's done. Let's ten million pounds, Steve. Ten million pounds for, no, for Thatcher's funeral. Well, considering you spend fifteen billion pounds to Pakistan, Russia, and foreign aid, oh. it, it's peanuts, isn't it? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, who's going to? You're not going to do nothing about it. It's going to be done. The so recent worth crying about. The it. recent caps on um, uh, benefits will save the government hundred and ten million pounds. Not a lot, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not a lot at all, is it? And but no, to, then, really. to then to take ten million, let's, let's you know, it doesn't quite work like this. But then to take ten million out of that, th there will be some people, Steve, people who are struggling at the moment, yeah, who, yeah, who yeah, think it's excessive. Well, yeah, it probably would be to them. But at the end of the day, you can't you can't please people all the time, can you? I mean, it's just the way of life. I mean, you know, we'll we'll have our issues about politics and other things in life, but someone always just got to stick them in the back of your head and crack on forward. Forward's the way, isn't it? Stephen, thank you very much indeed. We've got some texts on this. 81333, starting your text 3C. I'll put your name on, please. Vic says, Maggie's funeral. I'm against any protest at a funeral, but are the family paying anything towards the cost? Well, yes, I believe they are. And at some point, I'm sure the, uh, the, the, the amounts that we're paying and the amounts the family are paying uh, will be released. Lynn in Hemel says, I think all the parties and protests regarding a woman's death is beyond distasteful, especially at her funeral today. She had to make very hard decisions, and unlike the present government, carried them through. Show the woman and her family some respect. Uh, Nick says, I see no point in protesting at a funeral. It won't achieve a single thing. The past is gone. We can't change history. And Ben in Buckingham says, I think all these people are sick that are celebrating Thatcher's death and protesting at her funeral. How would they like it if a member of their family was treated like this? Well, I, I, yes, I've heard this argument before and actually, well, but how would their family feel? And it, it does serve some relevance. But she wasn't an ordinary mother, was she? She wasn't an ordinary grandmother she was one of the most divisive leaders this country has ever seen <clears throat> lots of people uh, tweeting and, and facebooking and texting against the protests at thatcher's funeral I i'd love to hear from you if you think it's a good idea 
if either you're going down there or you're supporting those people that are making the effort and are protesting at Thatcher's funeral. Why is it so important to make a protest, do you think? And is it really appropriate to protest at a woman's funeral? 08459 455555. 555. Right, it's quarter to eight. Here's the travel news now with Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. The A1 southbound delays between Eaton Soken and the Black Cat Roundabout. It's looking pretty slow already this morning. A bit of a queue building. Taking you maybe ten minutes between those two junctions, which doesn't sound too bad, but it is very slow-moving traffic. In Dunstable, the A5 on the southbound side, that's busy between the A505 and Lynch Hill. M25 anti-clockwise has delays from the M1 through to Chorleywood at Junction 18, taking about 20-25 minutes to get through. There was an accident on the hard shoulder around Junction 20 a little bit earlier. And further around anti-clockwise, slow from Maple Cross to the M4. A10 is busy at the minute through Chesant, looking slow toward the M25. Trains are running okay. Tubes, unfortunately, the northern line via Charing Cross is suspended southbound between Camden Camden Town and Kennington with severe delays on the rest of the line. That's because of a person that fell under a train at Euston Station. Your tickets will be valid on First Capital Connect's Thameslink services, though. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, 7.46, it's Wednesday the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation has been organised for Lady Thatcher's funeral involving more than 4,000 police officers. Bedfordshire police say the fatal shooting of Paul Foster in Luton last week is not a sign the town has a serious gun problem. In sport, Andy Murray will begin his build-up to the French Open today when he tackles world number 81, Edward Roger Vaseline, in the second round of the Monte Carlo Masters. Coming up, a ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher. Some estimates put the bill at £10 million. Do you think it should be funded by you, the taxpayer? Well, before 8 o'clock, we'll be hearing from author Frederick Forsyth, who he wrote The Odessa File, one of my favourites, who was a personal friend of Margaret Thatcher. Before that, let's get the latest weather with Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, and we start the day on a rather misty, murky note with some drizzle in the air as well, but it's already mild. Temperatures in double figures across the three counties at the moment, and it's going to be nice and warm throughout this afternoon. Now, that will start to happen once we get the sunshine breaking through, and that's uh, going to appear, I think, late morning onwards into the afternoon. should be largely dry today. I suppose the further west you go, there is a chance of getting a light shower, and for us all, it's going to be quite a breezy day. Then as we go through the night, uh, that wind actually increasing if anything and it will be quite gusty into the early hours of the morning clearing skies but temperatures still holding at 8 or 9 degrees celsius so another pretty mild one and we'll start tomorrow with some sunshine it will be blustery and that will blow in one or two showers throughout the afternoon especially one or two might be a bit on the heavy side temperatures much fresher tomorrow 12 to 14 degrees celsius because the wind will have turned a little bit more westerly as we go through friday again it's a mixture of some sunshine and some showers the wind will be lighter though and temperatures around about the April average 12 or 13 degrees Celsius and it's not looking too bad at all for the weekend. Uh, We'll have some sunshine, we'll have some dry weather, the wind will be a little bit lighter and again, temperatures sort of 13 to 15 degrees Celsius. That's how your weather's looking this morning. Thank you. 
every weekday morning from nine. The JVS Show. With the biggest questions. Today on the big phone-in, I'm asking, would you support some dog breeds being removed from this country? Should traffic wardens be more lenient? Would the government be right to drop the minimum price for alcohol? And the biggest opinions. I think the tax is completely unfair. It doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are. They're still your children. It doesn't matter whether it's male or female or what. I'm disgusted with the people. You should have cut them people off. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. It'll be the biggest funeral in Britain for more than a decade. A ceremonial service will take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral for Margaret Thatcher, the longest-serving Prime Minister of the 20th century and the only woman occupant of 10 Downing Street apart from the wives. Some estimates put the bill at £10 million, and many people are expected to protest at the service. But is this right? Protesting at a funeral? 08459 455 555. Well, we've sent our reporter Justin Daly to St Albans this morning. Justin, what have people been saying to you? Uh, mixed views. Certainly in the first hour we heard some, some very, very passionate views. One man said anybody who goes to London today to protest, that is clearly wrong. And any decent person would agree with me. You mentioned the figure there, this estimated cost of £10 million. Also the fact that people will be travelling into the capital to protest by turning their backs. I've been getting opinions on both of those subjects this morning here in St Albans, Ian. And this is what people have had to say. David, a lot of people expected to go to London today to protest. They're turning their backs. Is a funeral the right place to protest? What do you think? Well, not really, but it's up to people, ain't it? It's their mind, what they think. So when you see those protesters, you won't think badly of them, you just think they've got every right to do that? Well, everybody's got their own right. It's meant to be a free country, ain't it? But it doesn't seem like it is. This is going to cost the taxpayer yeah. millions of pounds, this funeral. Yeah, this is do, you, do you think that's a waste of money? Yeah, the way the country is. You know, they should spend it on something else. John, is a funeral the right place to protest? Probably. Yeah, she divided the country. And what about the cost of this? It's going to cost millions of pounds. That's a total waste of money. Can you explain why? Yeah, because no other Prime Minister gets a state funeral other than Winston Churchill, and he deserved it. She's done nothing for this country that she deserves it. She's done nothing for this country at all? Well, she served as Prime Minister in a very difficult time, and she made things more difficult. Madam, what's your views on those that will be travelling to London today to protest? I think it's wrong that they protest at a funeral funerals to respect somebody. So when you see those scenes on TV this evening, if these protests do go ahead, if people do turn their backs, will that make you feel quite sick? Yes, it will. Well, madam, we know it's going to be costing millions of pounds, this funeral. Taxpayers' money. What's your thoughts? I think it's outrageous, the amount of money it's costing. Why do you think it's outrageous? Well, well it doesn't need to cost that much. I think some, it was on the radio this morning that somebody else said some other Prime Minister of equal stature and they had a private funeral. So... I don't know why she's got to have something special. Madam, in terms of spending millions of pounds on this funeral, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's disgusting, and I think all the money that they've cut back on the, on the people who have got benefits, and they're taken away from all the disabled people and things like that, I just think it's a waste of money. What about protesting today? If anybody's protesting at the funeral, is that the right place to do that, do you think? I don't think it is, and I think it's a waste of time. Well, what's it going to do? They're only protesting about the funeral... But I just, I just think it's a, it's a waste, waste of time. I was just in Dealey speaking to people in St Albans earlier on. Well, Frederick Forsyth is an author best known for thrillers such as The Day of the Jackal, The Fourth Pro- Protocol and The Wonderful, The Odessa File, one of my favourite books and films. He lives in Beaconsfield. Uh, personal friend of Margaret Thatcher and will be attending today's service. Good morning, Frederick. Good morning. Frederick, what, what was she really like? Well, um, she, she, she certainly wasn't uh, anything, anything like, uh, I think, what a lot of people have been 
saying these past few days. She was, yes, very tough uh, on the surface. She had an extremely soft centre. Um, she wasn't liked by the snobs because she was a grocer's daughter. Uh, she wasn't liked by uh, intellectuals and what you might call um, the lovies because she had no pretensions at all in that sense, in culture sense. Um, but she was very concerned with uh, ordinary people and uh, constantly worrying about whether the, the staff were being well looked after and whether the drivers uh, had got uh, spare time and she'd run up and make a cup of tea. Uh, for for some 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 sort of waitress. See, I can't I can't imagine I can't imagine Margaret Thatcher making a cup of tea. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, she would. <laughs> Did she make a good she one? Made, she made breakfast for Dennis every morning, uh, getting up at some unearthly hour to do so. Um, and uh, but her her big her big uh, sort of love in life, if you like, was the armed forces. They loved her, and she loved them. And um, she, she never, unlike later prime ministers, and she shall be nameless, she never let them down. She never sent them to die in foreign wars with crap equipment and not enough of it. Um, and and uh, they, they appreciated her concern for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a kind of mutual um, uh, affection between them. Well, how, how will your day work today, uh, Frederick? What, what are your plans? Well, I shall have to leave this telephone very soon because it's rather crowded. Uh, it's get, apparently going to be very crowded. Uh, two and a half thousand people have got to squeeze themselves into that um, cathedral. So uh, there's, there's a big sort of circle um, where you, you can't drive in any further. So I shall take a taxi to that circle and then walk the rest. So then uh, the service, um, and um, then afterwards there's a reception in, um, in, I think, the Guildhall, but I shan't be going to that because I've got to go to the Daily Express office and, and write a column for them uh, on, on the event. Very busy day. For, if you don't mind, I'd love to play you a clip. We've been talking about this, obviously, since, since Thatcher passed away. And last week there was the debate about whether uh, or not Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, should be played on the BBC. I just want to play a clip. We sp- our reporter, Justin, spoke to young people in the three counties uh, about this, including Molly. Just have a quick listen to this, if you wouldn't mind. Basically, I've always grown up with my parents talking about Margaret Thatcher and about how she ruined Britain as it was. Um, for the working class, my family are working class, we work every day of our lives and barely make it anywhere, so I think I'm just kind of happy that she's gone. So your parents are saying that, but, yep. but you specifically, what do you know about Margaret Thatcher, if anything at all? Because that's the point though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You're, you're buying this song, but you know nothing about her. I, basically I know what I've been told and what I've seen. I know she did a lot of good things, or, well, she thought she did a lot of good things with the... Oh, I'm trying to remember everything. It's not good uh, this early in the morning, anyway. Um, we just last here, let, let me ask you this. Are you almost embarrassed that, that you're celebrating somebody's death? Um, yes and no. I would never openly go about saying how much I hate her because of her family and things like that, but I think everyone's allowed their private opinion on anyone, basically. I mean, everyone was glad when Hitler died. Everyone was glad when Saddam Hussein died. You can't stop people being glad when people that have done things that have impacted others in a negative way are dead. You can't always help the way you feel about things like that. A lot of people are very unhappy about the BBC playing this. And it, it goes on. Frederick, when you hear a young person like that who who couldn't, Molly couldn't put her finger on why she didn't like Margaret Thatcher, how does that make you feel? Well, um, it doesn't It doesn't worry me. I don't think it would have worried the lady either, actually. Um, but it's inter- I think it's quite interesting that there are 197 countries uh, in the United Nations. How many in how many do you think you could actually 
dance on, so to speak, on the grave of a past leader and not be arrested by the secret police. Mm. Um, so I think Margaret Thatcher would actually have not say applauded, but certainly approved of the fact that they they have the right to protest. We live in a free country, and it's because of the parliamentarians. Uh, like her, actually, that we still do. Before um, you know, one, one gets, I think, you know, too far into what she did right and what she did wrong, yes, there were things that were done wrong, yes, there were things that were done right, yes, there were things that should not have been done but were, and vice versa. But I think if you're going to examine her time, you have to look at the decade before the, the, the 70s, because the trade union movement in those days was so powerful and so ruthless and so destructive that it actually crushed and brought down three prime ministers Heath uh, and Wilson who, who resigned when he said he had uh, Alzheimer's but didn't he was actually just looking at the situation the country had become ungovernable because of the trade unions they were calling calling, calling uh, their workers out on strikes week in week out closing the country down and it, it had become ungovernable um, someone had to do something and she was the someone. Frederick, uh, I hope today passes uh, peacefully for you. And, and personally, from me, thank you so much for writing The Odessa File. I love it. <laughs> it's a wonderful book and a fantastic film. <laughs> thank you very thank much. Thank you, Frederick. Frederick Forsyth there, who will be attending uh, Margaret Thatcher's funeral later on today. What do you think? Protesting at a funeral, whatever your, your political views, the concept of it does sit a little uncomfortably with me. Even if you hate someone, can't you... Aren't you the bigger person? Don't you win by not protesting at a funeral? If you, if you protest, this is my own personal views. I, I would imagine if you protest at a funeral, that dead person has won, haven't they? They've, they've shown you up right at the last minute. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you are planning to protest or you support the protesters, I would love to hear from you this morning. I really would. You'll jump straight to the front of the queue. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 continues to look slow southbound from the St Neots Junction through to the Black Cat Roundabout. The A5 in Dunstable's crawling on the southbound side. The A505 through to the M1 at Redbourne. Chesant and the A10 is looking particularly slow between the Great Cambridge Road and Winston Churchill Way. And it slows again as you go through Enfield. There are some roadworks near Bullsmore Lane as well, so that won't really be helping. The A41 in Kings Langley is queuing toward the M25. Pinner Road into Watford, the A4008. We've got heavy traffic near the Bushy Arches. M25 anti-clockwise delays from the M1 to Chorleywood and then slow again as you go past the M4 at Junction 15. On the trains, Chilton reporting delays of 20 minutes between Birmingham and Leamington Spa. So if you're heading that way, you could be affected by a signalling problem. And if you're going in toward London, Northern Line Tube suspended between Camden Town and Charing Cross. That's on the southbound side. Severe delays on the rest of the line after a person fell under a train at Euston. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. I've been sent uh, a, a link to The Guardian. 23 things you could pay for with £10 million. We'll, we'll go through some of these in a little bit. First, though, here's the news with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. The headlines, police prepare for funeral protests, backpack clue after Boston bombings and sudden closure leads to confusion in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation involving more than 4,000 police officers will be in place for the funeral of Lady Thatcher later this morning. Scotland Yard says a small number of protesters have made contact to say they intend to demonstrate during the procession and officers will have a difficult balance to strike between allowing people to express their opinions and maintaining order. The Green Party spokesman for the three counties, Mark Scheinman, says he'll be among the protesters. I'm not going to be rioting through the streets. I'm not going to be shouting at police people. I'm not going to be damaging any property. I'm just merely turning my back to show in my heart what I actually think about that Prime Minister. The authorities investigating the bombing at the Boston Marathon on Monday have found pieces of nylon which they say could have been part of a backpack used to conceal one of the devices. It's believed the bombs could have been based on a pressure cooker packed with ball bearings to cause maximum damage. Three people died and more than 170 were injured. Luton detectives say a fatal shooting in Lucy Farm last week is not a sign that the town has a significant problem with gun crime. 46-year-old Paul Foster was shot in the chest outside a house in Brunel Road on Tuesday night and yesterday morning, in what's thought to be an unrelated incident, shots were fired at a house in Burnham Road near Stopsley. Police say they are dealing with a small minority who are prepared to use firearms for criminal purposes. Patients in Milton Keynes are demanding answers after the sudden closure of their GP surgery. One of Willen Village's doctors has resigned, the other has been suspended, and the NHS say they had to act quickly. Letters have been sent to all patients, including Penny Druitt. She's been registered at Willen for 19 years and has been offered a place at Broughton. It's not really a surgery that I particularly want to go to. Uh, so we took it upon ourselves, having received the letter, to go to one of the other local surgeries who said they'd been absolutely inundated with people uh, wanting to register from uh, our surgery. Researchers say thousands of lives could be saved if men were offered blood tests to screen them for prostate cancer from their mid-40s. The disease kills 11,000 men every year in the UK, but the authors of a report published in the British Medical Journal say screening for prostate-specific antigens, or PSAs, could halve that number. In sport, Watford remains six points from an automatic promotion position in the Championship with just three games to go after losing 1-0 to Millwall last night. MK Dons beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but a win for Swindon means they remain four points from playoffs with just two games left. And Luton Town drew 2 all with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The weather cloudy to start, but brighter later with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius. That's 66 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here every morning between six and nine o'clock. I say every morning, I mean every weekday morning. Let's not get carried away with this, for goodness sakes. Lots coming up between now and uh, nine o'clock when JVS takes over, including thousands of people are expected to line the streets of central London for Margaret Thatcher's funeral. Many of those will be protesting. Do you think the funeral is the right place to protest? Well, I'll be speaking to, uh, speaking to Hitchin and Harperton MP uh, Peter Lilly. He's going to the funeral. A doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly closed. Well, our reporter Jessica Cooper went down there yesterday 
Some of the patients didn't know what had happened. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. Lots of ways to get in touch. You can go to facebook.com, and it's getting quite fiery on Facebook this morning. Play nice. You can argue. Don't be personal about each other, but uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, all the front pages this morning are split between either the Boston bomb or coverage of the funeral today, because Margaret Thatcher will be given a ceremonial funeral with full military honours this morning. More than 2,000 guests have been invited to the service in St Paul's Cathedral, including the Queen and David Cameron. Well, Peter Lilly was a cabinet minister in the time of Baroness Thatcher's leadership, and he'll be attending today. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, how are you feeling ahead of the funeral? Well, very sad, personally, because she was someone I worked with, I loved, I admired. But uh, I think I, like most people in this country, can be very proud that um, we are honouring the achievements of one of Britain's greatest daughters. What will you remember about Margaret Thatcher, both as a leader and as a boss? As a boss, uh, her kindness, that the less important you were, the kinder she was to you, uh, when she became a minister, she gave you a hard time. But, uh, that's <laughs> that's right and proper. Um, her caution combined with decisiveness. She'd take a great deal of effort. She didn't rush into any conflict or battle. She only uh, took on an issue once she was sure that she'd studied it and got it right. But then, finally, and perhaps the thing we all remember most of all, her decisiveness and determination when she decided on the right thing to do and she was going to see it through and not be blown off course as all the previous governments have been in trying to tackle the deep-rooted problems this country then faced. There will be protests today, Peter. What's your your views on those? Well, obviously I disagree with them, but uh, one of the things Mrs Thatcher stood for above all was freedom. Uh, We are a free country, thanks uh, in large measure to what she did, and people should be free as long as they're not creating disorder. Uh, I think it's been very bad taste if they do these things, but freedom does involve allowing some people with bad taste to display their bad taste. Peter, stay on the line for a second if you wouldn't mind. I'm joined now by David Holes, who's from the Luton Socialist Workers' Party. Morning, David. Morning. David, Margaret Thatcher stood for freedom. No, well, for freedom of a certain class. She was a warrior for the ruling class. She was loved by the rich, hated by the poor, and that's what she'll be remembered for, and that's why there's people going to London today on the opposite side of the... uh, the, the whatever the police put up to uh, Peter Lilly. Do you condone the uh, the protest today, David? I think there will always, well, as people like Thatcher, there will always be protest. Thankfully, is it right though to protest at a funeral? Doesn't 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 that mean she's won? The um, what Thatcher did was quite des- devastating to pe- working class people in Britain, and I personally think her tha- that Thatcher's funeral should have been privatised, like everything else that she did. Um, the Thatcher family should pay for it, not the public. In a time when we're all suffering great cuts to satisfy bankers' greed, they they are paying for some of the funeral, aren't they? Well, I still think that it should be completely private. That's what she said she wanted to do to our industries. There uh, is that's a point. The way it should go. There is a point there, Peter, isn't there? We don't we don't know the figure yet, and we won't know until uh, hopefully some point later in the week. That, that in these times of austerity, to to be paying uh, such a significant amount towards a funeral, some people would would see as excessive, wouldn't they, Peter Lilly? Well, she was a, a huge public figure, a huge international figure, um, and the idea that we just leave it to chance uh, as to whether or not she's got rich relatives to have a proper well, send-off would be daft. She does have rich relatives. I mean, she was a millionaire, wasn't she? Well, uh, but, you know, this isn't going to uh, cost a million pounds. It will cost 
several million pounds to police this sort of thing, uh, partly because of the threat that uh, her opponents still choose to make. David? Will there be a threat, do you think? It's going to be a peaceful protest, we've been led to believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, In my experience, it's often the police that cause the violence at these things. Anyway, they've they've come prepared for it. And often when violence spreads on a demo, I've I've seen it started by the police. I saw it in Tomlinson and so on. Cases like this. I would would imagine, but with the world's media on them, the police aren't going to... Start any violence today? I really hope not. I really hope not. Are you going down there today, David? I've got um, other pressing engagements. Okay. Do you know anybody that is going down? Um, I would think loads of people are going. I would think loads. Of but but the argument has been put forward that, that, that whatever you thought about her policies, this is someone's mum and someone's grandmother, uh, and th- th- protesting an old, a, you, you, dead old woman's funeral. Well, would you not say? Uh, would you? <laughs> I think that it, it, she's she's caused mass unemployment, mass loss of jobs, homes. Um, the devastation was quite large in the eighties, and all for. A, uh, to satisfy the class that she represented, which was the, the rich and the Conservative Party. And, uh, frankly, um, it's good to see the back of her. Peter, wait, she was very divisive, wasn't she? We no, know she that she was, was she loved was and... not. She Sorry? inherited a divided nation. Before she came into power, the Labour Party itself had been unable to control the militant extreme forces in charge of unions. We had 20 million days lost in strikes the year before she came to power. By the time she left and she'd handed back power in the unions to to their members, instead of the militants, probably like the chat we just have been talking to, uh, the number of strikes fell by 90%, fewer than 2 million. Uh, She united the nation in the sense that she actually converted her opponents. The Labour Party took on board her policies accepted the changes and reforms she'd introduced, did not undo a single one of the major reforms she'd introduced. So she was a uniting force, not a divisive force. David, she, she wasn't... inherited a divided nation. David, let Margaret Thatcher wasn't divisive. Well, it's been referenced to when she actually came, became a, 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 a key figure in British politics around when she became leader of the Tory party she, in 1975. It was after the party had lost an election on the question, who runs the country, lost or the miners? Point was, the people chose the miners by voting Labour. She was very, she was very unpopular from the start as a leader and um, uh, she often provoked riots in 1990 after the poll tax riot that was when she resigned but she um, you say she was very unpopular but she was was voted i think three times was never voted out by the public but i don't think that voting is the only way that people express their political uh, opinions and what they feel about things many people are alienated and not represented by traditional politics uh, we've got there a call- you have the voice of totalitarianism Voting is not the way decisions should be taken, says he. It was that sort of view she was fighting against. She gave us democracy. She won democratic elections three times in a row, with more votes the last time than we got the first time. To suggest that she did not have widespread popular support is nonsense. The people who hate her are the people whom she proved wrong and hate the fact that she proved them wrong. David, do you want to come the back to that very quickly? Well, it'll just always quote an election he's, he feels he's won rather than one he's lost. OK, let's very quickly take a call. We've got Nick from Baldock. Nick, what do you think about the, pro- the possible protests today at the funeral? Yeah, hello there. Well, under normal circumstances, of course, nobody should disrespect anybody at their funeral, but this isn't a normal funeral. This is a blatantly uh, politicised funeral. I think it is provocative. 
undemocratic and it's solely to revere a politician who stood for a neoliberal monetarist policy that was failed and all this is to cover up that failure. But Nick, what she I can't was... understand, what I can't understand, and I'll ask Peter Lilly this, Parliament went, was recalled the other day to debate her legacy. Why couldn't they have at least, in the interest of democracy, had a vote on whether she should have had a ceremonial funeral? Peter? Uh, nobody chose to try and put that to the vote. It was supported by uh, both sides of the House of Commons that we should pay respect with her. And uh, David Mil Miliband, to his credit, gave a, a very thoughtful and uh, appropriate speech on the occasion. And you, and you think that's right? And you think that's right, Peter? Is your government, your Tory-led coalition, putting all these austerity cuts into it? And you say, okay, well, we'll have just have ten million for the funeral of our ex-leader so that nobody realised what a failure her strategy is. Well, That's not you very democratic. It was a failure, but why did her, your party, the Labour Party, take it on board and accept her politics? Well, well, that's a question. The Labour that Party. That is a question, isn't it? Well, it must that, be disappointing to you to find that she not only uh, won elections but converted her major opponents to well, believe in them too. One of the biggest friends of the Labour Party was Tony Blair. That's why he's at the forefront of his celebrations today. Right, Nick. Nick, Nick thank you very much, Peter. Last question to you: Should the public uh, have been asked whether Margaret Thatcher should have had such a, a, a big funeral? Well, ultimately, it's a decision taken by the elected representatives of the British people, and they were nearly unanimous, I suppose, someone like, um, uh, oh gosh, what's that, Trifle, um, uh, man who uh, is a semi-Muslim extremist vote. Uh, uh, George Galloway, yeah, I think you may be referring to. him, virtually everybody uh, accepted that it was appropriate that this sort of uh, recognition of a woman who was, by any standards, a great world figure... If we as a country had ignored her passing, uh, people across the world would have thought we were mad. I, I had to go and speak in Central Asia in a university there, and the students there just wanted to talk about Mrs. Thatcher. This was a year or so ago, before she died. Uh, Peter, Peter, we have to end it there. We're running out of time. Last word uh, to you, David. She, she was uh, respected around the world, wasn't she? She is one of the most influential leaders we've had in the, the 20th century. No, I really don't think so. Um, I really don't agree with that. As I say, it's about class. She represented the ruling class against the working classes in this country and savaged war upon them. Um, it's only a pity that the unions didn't pack, fight back even harder. David, listen, thank you very much indeed. David Holtz from the Luton Socialist Workers' Party and Peter Lilly. I've got an email from, uh, from Anne that I feel I should ought to read out. You've told us that Thatcher's funeral will cost the country £10 million. The Thatcher, Thatcher family is paying for the funeral. What I said is that's, that's an estimate. We'll get the figures later in in the week. Uh, and that the, the family is contributing something towards it. So I have made that clear. The taxpayer is funding the rest, including the high cost of the extra security needed to police the cretins who protest against the dead woman who cannot hear them. Your coverage of this subject, here we go, comes across as childish, biased, inaccurate and unprofessional. You say that you see the po protesters pointless. I didn't say that at all. You, and uh, do try and listen. Can we get Anne's phone numbers there? If I forward you this email, can we get Anne, Anne on? Because um, these points don't quite make sense. You, see, you say that you see the protesters pointless, but the greater part of the programme seems heavily slanted in favour of the protests. And we'll, we'll give you a call, Anne, uh, and uh, if you want to come on and have a chat about that, I'd love to talk to you. 08459 455 555. Right, let's get the travel news. Here's Adam Glynn. Beds, 
Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's definitely looking like quite a busy morning now. The A1M's looking slow from Hitchin to Stevenage. Traffic's building on the A6 from Bedford through to Barton the Clay. Quite a bit of slow moving traffic there. The London bound M1 delays between the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10 and the A5 at Junction 9. And the A5 itself is looking pretty busy toward the M1. The M25 anti clockwise is slow. Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 at the M4. It's not quite as busy as it was from the M1 round to sort of junction 18, but it is still quite slow. A41 from Hemel Hempstead down to the M25 is crawling a little bit on the trains. Chilton delays of up to 20 minutes if you're heading toward Birmingham. Birmingham to Leamington Spa, they've got a signalling problem. And in toward London, the Northern Line tube suspended southbound between Camden Town and Charing Cross because of a person under a train at Euston. Tickets accepted on First Capital Connect services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.16. It's Wednesday the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation involving more than 400,000... Oh, sorry, 4,000 police officers, excuse me, will be in place for the funeral of Lady Thatcher later this morning. Luton detectives say a fatal shooting in Lucy Farm last week isn't a sign the town has a significant problem with gun crime. A horse has retired. The weather today... I don't know anything about horse racing. Do you know anything about horse racing? Do you know Black Caviar? No. He's retired. Oh. Very good, apparently. 25 wins in a row. Oh. How many hands was he? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you... Oh. Yes. Hand span. Six? Ah. A Shetland pony. Have you seen those guide ponies for the blind? No. This is true. Uh, this is you true. Get guide ponies. Guide po- They're tiny little that things. That sounds lovely. I'll Google one in a second. Yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm busy doing this. The weather today for beds, <laughs> hearts and bugs. Cloudy to start, brighter later with a top temperature of 19 degrees. Coming up, a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes has suddenly and slightly mysteriously closed. We'll find out more before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. I've always loved being a comedian because it's my job, so I'm going to keep doing that. I was voted Japan's number one male vocalist of the year, and I beat out Frank Sinatra. How's that? (laughs) Expert advice. It does sound like it's a mechanical pain brought on by altered mechanics in your upper limb. Your capital's protected because I'm guessing what you don't want to do is take any risks with the capital itself. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I've Googled it. The guy's pony exists. They exist. Look at it. It's beautiful. There's a blind gentleman being led by a, a, a gorgeous, tiny, tiny pony. It comes up sort of just halfway up his thigh. Um, I want a guide. Look, look at that! It's a guide pony. It's not terribly discreet, though, is it? I mean, you'd you'd, you'd make an impact <laughs> wherever you went, wouldn't you? They've got little shoes on as well. They've got little trainers <laughs> They've on. Got little shoes on. Oh, well, if, listen, I know this is a long shot, dear listener. If you've got a guide pony, can I come round and ride it? No. Could you give us a call? Oh eight four five nine four. But where do you where do you keep the? Because uh, you'd presumably have to have a little stable that could fit on the end of your bed. Well, I've never heard of a horse living inside. You'd never heard of a horse guiding a blind person? I have never heard of this in a whole new world. Fantastic, isn't it? Wonderful. They're they're supposedly very intelligent creatures, aren't they, horses? That's probably why. There's a lady show... This is a... No, this is a joke. There's a lady... superimposed. There is a blind lady in a supermarket pushing a trolley with one hand, uh, and a gentleman is helping her with her apples. In the other hand, she's being led around... By by a a horse. (laughs) 
course. That's <laughs> amazing. No, I think this is somebody's done a spoof. Look. Okay, uh, uh, that one's got trainers on. This is this is a spoof. Do go and type into your search engine, Google probably. Um, uh, guide ponies. What, what are they? Are they trainers or flip flops? Because they've got that little. They've got the the camel's toe, haven't they? they? So they can put the the. They can hold the the flip of the flop. They can do that. They have absolutely. That's ma- oh, it's, it's crashed my computer. Does that Magical. guide that guide horse got flip flops on? <laughs> We're getting the dirty looks from producer Laura sure again. What's your has. problem now? What? Talk about what you should be doing. Oh, sorry. We're talking about... Go- it's we, not we my might, fault. We might have... It is. We <laughs> might have found a local story. If we can find a guide pony in beds, hearts or bucks, then, then Nick Coffer can cover that. Nobody's got any idea what you're talking about. Uh, Honestly, they do exist. They do exist. Go and have a look. She's, she's a bit mardy today. Is she? Yeah, she's got a cob on. Oh. Yeah. you got a cob on, haven't you, love? My belly hurt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope you... Well, let me have a quick look at what you're doing so I can see if we can... Oh, let, let's, let's do one of these. Yes. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, this morning on the big phone-in at nine, I'm going to be asking, is Margaret Thatcher getting the send-off she deserves? The funeral of Lady Thatcher will, of course, as we all know, take place this morning at St Paul's Cathedral in London, nine days after her death at the age of 87. 2,300 guests will attend the ceremony. Among them will be the Queen, David Cameron, and more than 30 former ministers who served in Lady Thatcher's cabinets during her time in Downing Street. Representatives from 170 countries will be there. There are varying estimates as to how much this funeral will cost, and for many, the idea of spending around £10 million seems far too excessive. But what do you think? This morning from nine, I want your views. Is Margaret Thatcher getting the send-off she deserves? Uh, David Cameron was saying she's the greatest peacetime Prime Minister we've ever had. Well, if that's the case, surely she deserves a bit of pomp and ceremony, doesn't she? She deserves pretty much a state funeral. Perhaps you think she was one of the worst Prime Ministers we've ever had, and the idea of spending £10 million fills you with utter fury. Your view on the big phone in this morning from nine. Is Margaret Thatcher getting the send-off she deserves? 08459 455 555. You know we're going to go out for curry. When are we going out for curry? I don't know. I'll send you some dates after the show. Yes. Um, I was just wondering, is this how, when you go out for dinner with someone, is this how you start the meal? You sit down. OK, this evening we'll be discussing, does Margaret <laughs> Thatcher deserve the funeral she's getting? She was Britain's greatest prime minister, so surely she does deserve it. But are the protests justified? We'll be discussing that during the main. Yes. <laughs> is that how you do it? No, generally I read the menu. Right. In my phone invoice, <laughs> I, I will take you through the whole menu and then I'll ask you to make a, a decision and let me know when you've reached that decision. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five on FM, AM, and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Honestly, go and Google guide ponies. It's wonderful, wonderful. Patients at a doctor's surgery in Milton Keynes say it's unacceptable that they weren't given any warning it was going to close. A sign at Willem Village Surgery says its doctor retired with immediate effect on Sunday night. Another doctor who works there, Dr Okafa, is currently suspended from practising. Thousands of patients are being re-registered elsewhere. Well, our reporter Jessica Cooper has been to the surgery. As you arrive at the front of Willem Village Surgery, there's now a sign on the door which informs you that Dr Lobo has resigned with immediate effect from Sunday the 14th of April and it also gives details for patients about where they can 
re-register um, I've just been inside the surgery and there is somebody there to answer questions for people who haven't received their letter about it closing um, but it's quite an unusual atmosphere in there it's a totally empty waiting surgery which you don't see very often in a GP um, empty bookshelves the notice board doesn't have any leaflets on it anymore I'm told that there is a GP and a nurse here this week um, to deal with immediate inquiries and um, but I'm not sure how long that's continuing for and during the time that I've been here people have been coming up to the surgery to try and find out what's going on and also some people who weren't aware that it would closed so you've just walked up to this, the surgery open the door going in for an appointment are you or what you thought was going to be an appointment yeah that's right I had an appointment for today and the door shut <laughs> um, yeah I've not heard anything I just turned up as per usual really so I'm not quite sure where to go from mm. here. And you've just read the letter on the door, which gives you a bit more information, but what are your kind of immediate thoughts to the fact that it's closed and you didn't know? I just don't... I don't really don't know. I'm quite shocked. I'm obviously intrigued to know why he's resigned. It would have been nice to have been informed, you know, all the people who had appointments. I've just come out of work um, to get here and it's been shut, so it's not exactly the best of situations but yeah I guess we'll find out sooner or later but for now it's not really good enough is it no you were both patients here at the surgery um when did you hear the news then Saturday last in the morning I got a phone call from a friend and said have you got a letter and uh what letter and then he explained what was going on um very sad it's local it's handy and we got used to the staff here you know doctors are doctors and you get used to them and you want to carry on with them mm. Um, quite why it's happened we don't know mm. no idea I don't think anybody really knows somebody must do but uh, certainly not the patients <laughs> a lot of people surprised there. our reporter Jessica Cooper is speaking to former patients of the Willan Village Surgery well Emily Darlington is the prospective Labour Party candidate good morning Emily good morning were you aware the surgery was going to close we had no idea it's all very mysterious. I'm, we're gonna, we've been trying to get statements to find out exactly what's going on, but we're struggling slightly. What are your thoughts on how this has been handled? Well, I think it's been handled pretty appallingly. I mean, the surgery closed on Friday. The first people learned about it was either if they were at the surgery on Friday or if they received a letter on Saturday. But as, you're, as Jessica found out um, when she went there, many people didn't receive this letter and are showing up for appointments. And what I'm particularly concerned about are vulnerable elderly and disabled patients who actually losing their local surgery and having to travel across the city is really not an option for them. We also spoke to a former GP who who said that some people might struggle with repeat prescriptions because they come from the doctors. And if that doctor's isn't open, then they may not get their repeats. At that, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I know the pharmacist that's, that's very nearby has had a lot of queries of people coming in asking exactly that and being very concerned, you know, particularly if their child needs repeat prescriptions, their parents. There's a, you know, a real lack of communication that's happened here. And the big question is, why has this happened all of a sudden? Surely they should have known for a much longer time that this was going to happen and had a plan in place to actually move people to appropriate surgeries for their needs. I understand you'll be attending a community meeting on Friday, is that right? There is a community meeting happening on Friday in Milton Keynes of uh, concerned groups and, and citizens to try and get some more answers on this. But, but, but can you get answers? Is there anything that could be done for these people, Emily? Well, I, 
I don't know. And I think part of the problem is we've had a real fragmentation. There was a change that happened in the beginning of April, of course, with the health service organization, where the um, CC at a clinical commissioning group came online and the PCT was closed. And you've got to wonder whether that has added to this confusion of who is actually responsible for when surgeries close and and why they close all of a sudden like this. Emily Darlington, prospective Labour Party candidate, thank you very much indeed. Well, NHS England have told us that Dr Lobo of Willan Village Surgery has resigned his general medical services contract. This means that Dr Lobo will no longer be providing GP services from the Willan Village Surgery. We are working, they go on to say, to ensure primary medical services will be delivered to the practice population following the departure of Dr Lobo. We've written to all patients to explain the situation. Well, it does sound a bit of a mess. Doesn't it? 08459 455 555. Ah, let's get the travel news now. Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise. It's slow from junction 22 at London Coney to 23 at the A1M heading into the roadworks section. Coming anti-clockwise through the roadworks is pretty slow as well, and then it gets busy again with delays from Maple Cross to the M4, junction 17 to 15. If you're using the A404 this morning northbound, we've got a queue approaching the handy cross roundabout for the M40 at junction 4 around High Wycombe. Once you get onto the M40, it's moving pretty well. Looking at the cameras, it is certainly moving okay down toward London and the M25, and then the A40 onwards is looking clear as well. The A10 in Chesant, that's slow this morning, taking about 15 minutes to get between the Great Cambridge Road and the Winston Churchill Way junctions, and then queues again once you're past the M25 and heading through Enfield. It's looking slow around Bullsmore Lane. On trains, Chilton, 20-minute delays reported between Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa. So if you're travelling that way this morning, they've got a signalling problem. And the Northern Line Tube running with severe delays. They are now at least running southbound between Camden Town and Kennington after the disruption earlier at Euston, but it's severe delays to all destinations. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Adam. Coming up to 8.30, here's the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. A large security operation involving more than 4,000 police officers will be in place for the funeral of Lady Thatcher later this morning. Luton detectives say a fatal shooting in Lucy Farm last week is not a sign that the town has a significant problem with gun crime. And Britain's biggest retailer, Tesco, has reported its first annual fall in pre-tax profits for more than two decades. They're down 51% to £1.96 billion. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. After losing 1-0 to Millwall last night, Watford remained six points from an automatic promotion position in the Championship with just three games to go. Manager Gianfranco Zola was disappointed with some of the refereeing decisions. I, you know, I, I don't look, want to look like that. I, I'm always complaining. But even today, there were a couple of penalties on us that uh, they weren't given. And, uh, and it's not the first time we've been penalised in this opportunity. And, uh, MK Dons beat Colchester 2-0 in League One, but Swindon's win means they're still four points from the playoffs with just two games to go. Manager Carl Robinson says his side pulled it together in the second half. I thought we rolled our luck for the middle part of the first half. I thought for 20 minutes they absolutely battered us. And once the ball didn't drop on our net through Ian's good saves, through a little bit of luck. But second half I thought we looked like we were in control. 
Wickham Wanderers due nil-nil with League Two promotion contenders Northampton. Here's the chairboy's boss, Gareth Ainsworth. Really proud of the lads tonight. You know, we uh, we uh, tinkered again with the formations, uh, something that we've uh, we've been doing the last few weeks, and the lads adapted really well. But I'm really proud of the way that they've handled the strong, strong Northampton side. You know. Luton Town drew two all with promotion contenders Newport County in the conference. The Hatters twice had the lead with Andre Gray scoring both goals and Luton manager John still believes his side continue to improve. We've given away, I think, two goals we'd, we'd probably be a bit disappointed with. But the bigger picture is I think we're matching you know, the better sides at the moment and um, I'm pleased with that with such little time with the, with the team. Finally, Bedford Rugby Club hosts Doncaster at Goldington Road tonight in a rearranged championship match which was snowed off last month. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to cram in between now and nine o'clock, as always. Uh, welcome to have your say, 08459 455 555. Coming up, I'm going to be speaking to Harvey Thomas from Hertfordshire, Senior Advisor to Baroness Thatcher, also manager of the Dunstable Conservative Club. They're showing Baroness Thatcher's funeral on the big screen and laying on a buffet for those uh, attending. Well, as you know, it is Margaret Thatcher's funeral this morning. We're going to be given full uh, a ceremonial funeral with full military honours. More than 2,000 guests have been invited to the service in St Paul's Cathedral, including the Queen and David Cameron. Well, Harvey Thomas joins me on the line now from Hertfordshire, was a senior advisor to Baroness Thatcher. Good morning, Harvey. Good morning, Ian. Now, are you, you're attending the funeral? Yes, we are. My wife, Marlis, and I are attending the funeral. We're about to take a taxi up the road to St Paul's. What, what will you be remembering about Margaret Thatcher today? Oh, many, many things, because in 14 years, there are, of course, many memories. But I think if you look at the, the sort of macro picture, we don't have today leaders in our politics. We have managers. And she was a great leader. She had a tremendous vision. And she changed the whole country. And regardless of political views, I think one has to recognize that um, the country has been changed and moves forward. And if people differ, that's fine. But I hope today that they will respect this. She was a giant of a politician, a giant of a statesman. Why is it important, do you think, Harvey, to have a ceremonial funeral? Well, interestingly, she didn't choose it. Tony Blair and Gordon Brown made the arrangements. Oh. Uh, this was ten years ago. It was all, all arranged. It had nothing to do with the current government whatsoever. Hello? Yes, I'm, li- I'm listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I heard a big bing there. Um, but there's nothing to do with the current government at all. Tony Blair made the arrangements, and uh, she knew of them, but it was not her particular wish, and he felt this was the right thing to do. I think that's right. She, she was a prime minister for longer than anyone else uh, for a very, very long time, and she had a huge impact on this nation. Uh, there are some people, Harvey, who might suggest that uh, th- th- in these times of austerity that to spend this much money uh, is perhaps inappropriate. What would you say to them? <laughs> well, you've got to look at things in context. And I think that when you look at it, the army was already employed, so they're merely, that's their activity for the day, so there's very little expense there. People have thrown figures around. I don't know what the figures are. But I think when you pay respect to someone who's had as much impact on the world as Margaret Thatcher did, and the fact that so many people are traveling from all over the world indicates that. She was a major figure in global affairs. It was through her, helped by Ronald Reagan, that the, the Iron Curtain fell, that the Berlin Wall fell. So all sorts of things happened globally that wouldn't have happened otherwise. 
Sorry, we're going to end it there, Harvey, just because uh, your phone line is breaking up. But I think you managed to, uh, or at least I hope you felt you got your point across that you needed to. That's Harvey Thomas uh, from Hertfordshire, Senior Advisor to Baroness Thatcher. Uh, James is from Milton Keynes. Good morning, James. Hi, Ian. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the funeral today? Yeah, I, I don't think it's justified to spend that much money on the funeral. And, and uh, the point that Harvey was making, I got, I got the end of it there. Um, okay, she, she was a major world figure. Um, have some sort of service in Westminster Abbey or St Paul's to commemorate her if you want to. But don't spend £10 million on a funeral for somebody who everybody knows did divide the country quite severely. Well, Peter Lilly, um, d- d- James, just to, d- to butt in, Peter Lilly, who we were speaking to earlier on, denied that Margaret Thatcher was divisive. Well, Peter Lilly would say that, wouldn't he? Because, you know, he loved Margaret Thatcher and that's his opinion and he's welcome to it. I think there are a lot of people that disagree, as we've seen. Um, and, uh, you know, I do think it's distasteful um, to spend that much money on, on a funeral. And uh, this whole thing about whether it's right to protest or not, um, whoever it is has made the decision that uh, Margaret Thatcher is having this big ceremonial funeral. Well, t- Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, apparently. Well, you know, <laughs> whoever it was, David Cameron, you know, Nick Clegg, the Queen, whoever made the decision. Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. Well, maybe it was Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, you know, but whoever it is has made the decision. If it was a private funeral, I would absolutely agree that there shouldn't be protesters at that, you know, because that's then a private family affair with invited guests, etc., etc. They're having a massive sort of parade through the streets. They've got to expect that people who protested when she was alive are going to protest... When she's dead. But, but all funerals no. uh, the, the parade through the streets to a certain extent, don't know if, if it's you know my my dad's funeral. We we you know there's a bit where you drive very very slowly. You have the gentleman walking in front of you, and it's a slow procession. I, I would have felt horrified if I looked out the window and there was someone turning their back or, or, or sticking their fingers up or whatever. Well, yeah, but with respect, Ian, I, I, I doubt that your father had seven hundred serving military personnel, a horse-drawn gun carriage. Um, you know, fly past by the RAF or whatever else they're going to have during the time of recession when the government's cutting uh, money, not not only from uh, people who are on benefits, but increasing taxes for other people at the same time. I think spending £10 million on a, a figure that they, you know, yeah, fair enough, some people liked her, some people loved her, other people disliked her and some people despise her. You know, she divides the country, regardless of what Peter Lilly said, and I think it's really insensitive. And, and personally, that people have said the protesters are distasteful. I find it distasteful to spend that much money during a recession on a, on a Prime Minister uh, whose uh, achievements, when everybody's defending this funeral, seem to be that she served in office for a long time and that she was a woman. James, we'll end it there. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Well, the Dunstable Conservative Club is showing Baroness Thatcher's funeral and laying on a buffet for those attending. The manager, Kevin DeBrick, says they put on the same sort of spread when a local member dies. Well, he's on the line now. Morning, Kevin. Morning. Kevin, why, what exactly is happening today at the uh, Conservative Club? Uh, basically, uh, we're showing the televised proceedings of the funeral and just running a complimentary buffet, uh, which would be along the lines of a, a normal member, member's funeral. What, what kind of uh, things have you got in the buffet? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the chef decides to put on uh, at the time. Oh, OK. Yeah, just a normal, you know, sandwiches, sausage rolls, that type of thing, you know, nothing 
spectacular. No, really. was, nothing wrong with sandwiches and sausage rolls. No, they no, fed a nation. There, like. <laughs> Why did you decide to mark the funeral in this way, Kevin? Well, we, we, although we're, you know, we're, we're a social club and we haven't got a political agenda anymore, it was originally formed by Conservatives uh, uh, and people. And, um, and we've done it because we felt that's what the members who supported her would have wanted. Um, the, the end of the day remains to be seen if, if that is what they wanted, but it was just a, something we felt we could do, and it wasn't uh, any uh, to any great expense of anybody. And we just thought we'd um, see what you know, just do it basically as just a, as the normal proceedings of the club. What what sort of numbers are you expecting today? I've no idea, no idea. I've I've completely blank as to what's going to When you've mentioned it in the club, I'm assuming you've got a poster up or you've been, you've been mentioning it in the evening. Have people said, oh yeah, that sounds good, I'll, I'll pop along, Kev, I'll have some of that. Well, all I can say is um, it, it's um, some have and some haven't. It's, it's certainly yeah. sparked a debate. Listening to your uh, previous conversations, I think I've heard both the same stories from both uh, lots of different people. Within, even within the club, you know. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, the, the last week or so, we've had both sides of the story, those who loved her and those who yeah, hated her, and yeah. some are indifferent. Have, have you heard those same arguments and conversations in the club? Yeah, death has certainly sparked off the debate in the, her rights and wrongs during her pri- uh, time as Prime Minister, yeah. Uh, everything from the miners' strike council, health sales, poll tax. I think, I think it's such a controversial figure. It's just... Uh, brought up many debates. <laughs> how, do, how do you think she'll be remembered, Kevin? Um, my, uh, I'd rather, my opinion is my own, really. I'm, I'm, I'm just a manager that I try to uh, run a social club on behalf of members and try mm. and give them what I think they would want. In my opinion, is not really important. Well, that, well I think it is, Kevin, if, if you don't mind me saying so, because you do run the, the Conservative Club. Can I tell you what I, I pick up from what you've just said there, that you, perhaps you weren't a massive fan of hers? Is it, would that be uh, close? Well, I'm not, not going to let you pick me to pieces. No, no, uh, I, I wouldn't. I, uh, I wouldn't do uh, that for a second. As I, as I said, it's. Uh, I don't feel that my opinion is that Im- that important. I, I, there, I run the uh, club for the for the membership and try to give them what they want. Kevin, I think we can read a lot into that statement. Thank you very much indeed. I, by the way, I only pick people to pieces that deserve to be picked to pieces. And Kevin Debrick, you certainly do not, sir deserve to be picked to pieces you're uh, running a social club and good luck to you oh eight four five nine four double five five double five we've got some uh, some texts we'll go to the text in a minute let's go to pat from houghton regis morning pat good morning pat well the, the funeral the, what, what do you think about it should people be protesting should we be paying what could possibly be as much as 10 million pounds i can see where they're coming from because it's um a, a lot of money when you've got people and benefits and the and people that are having this bedroom tax applied to them, I can see where they're coming from because they're actually paying for this funeral as well, even probably the protesters. So, you know, whereas I disagree with it, um, I'm afraid they have every right to and I hope they keep it peaceful. Turning your back, though, on the the passing funeral uh, um, parade, that that sounds... Surely we're better than that, aren't we, Pat? Well, I, I think we are. I think we should do it at the ballot box. I mean, when when the next election comes up, and then show your uh, displeased what's happened to the working classes in this country. I've never seen anything like what's happening now uh, until the 80s. The 80s were the start of bashing the working classes, and after all these extra taxes that are coming in to affect people that cannot afford to even live at the moment, um, we're going back to those grey days, and it's 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 a poor, it's really poor. 
I've been sent a, a, a link from uh, The Guardian, which, uh, if we assume the funeral's costing us £10 million, and we won't get the real figures in, in, until later on, but if we assume that, The Guardian has listed some things that you could pay for with £10 million, and that includes 322 nurses, 272 secondary school teachers, or 44 libraries. Do you think that would be a better use of the money, Pat? Well, uh, I, all I know is that my mother-in-law, she, she worked all her life and uh, she was in a care home. She had all, most of her money taken from her from this government and other governments. And uh, that money, um, it, it's not well spent at the moment, no. It should have been a private ceremony. Pat, we're, we're, we're running out of time, so we'll end it there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, some texts, 813-33, starting the text 3CR. Do put your name on it, please. George from Wing says, haven't these protesters got better things to do, like go to work? There are always protesters at various events, and they protest about things that don't even affect them. I think it's the same group of people that go round protesting and don't go to work. If you looked in their wardrobes at home, they probably have a T-shirt for every protestable occasion and banners ready to go. Bill and Milton Keane says, perhaps it's not right to protest at Thatcher's funeral, but many see this funeral and the cost as a direct provocation and may even be a clumsy attempt to cause division to gain political points for Cameron. That's Bill. And uh, finally, for the moment, Simon in Lindslade says, I support the right to protest, but personally, I think it's in poor taste at a funeral. I'd like to know who decided on a ceremonial funeral and what other criteria used. Well, we've been told, and I don't know how true this is, Tony Blair and um, Gordon Brown chose it. Also, why is the Queen attending? Surely she goes to all or none to remain apolitical. 81333, start your text 3CR or give me a call. 08459 455 555. Right, 845 or thereabouts. Here's the travel with Adam. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And it continues to look slow in quite a few places across the Three Counties. I'm looking at the A5 right now. Speed sensors showing Dunstable's quite busy this morning. Maybe a little bit slower than normal toward the A505. Luton's looking, well, okay. Stevenage from Hitchin Stevenage on the A1M's looking busy. We've got a fair bit of traffic on the A41 as you come from Hemel Hempstead down toward the M25. M1 has to lay southbound, passing Milton Keynes now as well. It's taking about five 10 minutes to get past that junction clockwise m25 slow into the roadworks junction 22 at london coney through to 23 at the a1m anti-clockwise got about 35 minutes worth of queuing traffic from just before junction 17 at maple cross through to the m4 around watford watford's looking quite busy pinner road particularly at the bushy arches the a4008 chiltern railway still reporting delays of up to 20 minutes birmingham to leamington spa because of a signaling problem but better news if you're heading for london on the trains they're looking good and now the tubes are looking better as well northern line back to normal after an incident earlier at Euston. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Morning, it's 8.46. It's, uh, where are we, Wednesday the 17th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A large security operation involving more than 4,000 police officers will be in place for the funeral of Lady Thatcher later this morning. Luton detectives say a fatal shooting in Lucy Farm last week isn't a sign the town has a significant problem with gun crime. In sport, Team Sky won the time trial on day one of cycling's Giro del Torrentino in Italy as Sir Bradley Wiggins bids to become the first Briton to win the event. 
Coming up, Bradley Wiggins, I remember him. He was, he was big, wasn't he? I forgot about Bradley. Coming up, before nine o'clock, we'll get the very latest news from Boston, where three people died and over a hundred were injured in Monday's explosions. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. It's a fairly gloomy start to the day, to be honest. It is mild. Temperatures are in double figures, but you have to trust me here. It is going to brighten up. The sun will break through and actually it will turn into a really quite lovely day. There is a small risk of a light shower. There will be a breeze blowing. They're the less good points of the day, but actually it's going to feel pleasantly warm. We should get into sort of the mid-teens, 15 or 16 degrees Celsius, but a few places may actually edge higher than that. So in the sunshine, feeling very pleasant throughout this afternoon. Overnight tonight the skies will continue to clear the breeze if anything will increase and i think it will turn quite gusty for a time in the early hours temperatures though holding at eight or nine degrees celsius so it will be a bright and breezy start to the day tomorrow and by the afternoon we're going to start seeing some showers arriving one or two might be a bit on the heavy side but they'll bluster through fairly quickly on that breeze now it's going to be coming more westerly tomorrow so it will feel fresher and temperatures generally between 12 and 14 degrees celsius there should be still some sunshine in between any showers though. Now Friday is a similar sort of picture ahead of the weekend where the winds will be lighter and there will be a lot of dry sunny weather around. Temperatures not doing so badly at least at the April average if not a degree or two above. So that's how it's looking for now. Thank you Wendy. Next month, voters in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire go to the polls to elect their county councils. And BBC Three Counties Radio will be holding a series of debates with the leaders of the parties hoping to get your vote. We'll discuss the key issues affecting residents and holding those leaders and policies to account. And we want you to be involved. On Thursday, we'll be in St Albans, so join us at the Jubilee Centre on Catherine Street for a question-time debate about Hertfordshire. We'll be there all afternoon with a debate after six as part of our regular politics hour. Come along, question the leaders, or listen live from three as we look at what your local politician hopes to change where you live. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, look at this, it's 8.49, lots to cram in in the last few minutes, so uh, let's go. Police in Boston investigating the scene of Monday's deadly twin bomb attacks have found pieces of nylon, which they say could be from a backpack used to conceal one or both of the devices. They've also discovered ball bearings and nails. Police say the explosives may have been constructed from pressure cookers. The blasts, within seconds of each other, close to the finish line of the Boston Marathon, killed three people and injured more than 170. One of the victims was an eight-year-old boy called Martin Richard. He was at the finishing line with his mother and sister, who were both seriously injured. One of their neighbours, Jane Sherman, said that Martin's death had devastated the community. They played basketball in the driveway, they had friends over, and they were just normal children, and it's a terrible thing to have to happen, to go to watch something that's supposed to be fun and have this happen. It's a very close-knit community here, and we are all just devastated. Another of the victims was a Chinese student at Boston University. The third was Crystal Campbell, a 29-year-old restaurant manager. Her mother, Patty Campbell, paid her this tribute. Everybody that knew her loved her. She loved her dogs. She used to die for my girl. She had a how to go. She was always smiling from me. I couldn't ask for a better daughter. I can't believe this has happened. 
President Obama has described the attack as a cowardly act of terror, but he said it remained unclear whether those responsible were foreign, domestic, or if it was the work of a malevolent individual. Philip Hughes is a former White House security aide. He says the explosive device wasn't complicated or unusual. We've seen these before in uh, improvised explosive devices uh, in Iraq, uh, and uh, we've seen them before in the attempted bombing in Times Square a couple of years ago. It's a simple bomb to make. Uh, according to what I have heard, it uh, takes uh, perhaps an hour and maybe costs $100 or so. Ray Flynn, a former mayor of Boston, who was a spectator at the marathon on Monday, said he's confident that the public will help the investigators in whatever way they can. There are thousands of people. They all had cameras. There are surveillance cameras in the area. There was a lot of police there. So, you know, it seemed to me that Somebody's got some kind of information that they will come forward with and share with the uh, the proper authorities. And, you know, I just think you'll see a great deal of unity and a lot of people will offer whatever little bit of information that they have. And it may be enough to uh, lead to the person or the persons responsible for this cowardly act. President Obama will visit Boston on Thursday for a memorial service. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let me just flag up what's happening on Nick Coffer's show uh, from 12 today. He's joined by debt advice counsellor Richard Payne. Richard can help you with any sort of debt problems, although I suspect he won't actually be giving out cash. Should flag that up quite early on in case that's what you're thinking. Nick Coffer from Midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher will be given a ceremonial funeral with full military honours this morning. Some estimates put the bill as high as £10 million. Many people are expected to protest at the service. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, is out in St Albans this morning. Justin, you've been asking people for their opinion on whether the funeral is the right place to protest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some people in the first hour saying it was absolutely outrageous. In the second hour of the programme, those views changed slightly. The majority of people saying, well, if people want to go and protest, that's their right. Um, some very strong views this morning. I've been asking people whether £10 million of taxpayers' money is too much, and this is is what they said. John, we're asking people this morning, is a funeral the right place to protest? Um, Have you got any strong thoughts on that? I don't think it's a good place to protest because it's meant to be a a mourning situation. Um, But there's a lot of people out there with very strong views, so uh, I think they're going to make their views heard. And in terms of the money as well, it's costing millions of pounds of of taxpayers' money. Is that a waste of money? I don't know. Like her all, hate her. Yeah. She was a very important person for quite a long time, so uh, I think she deserves a reasonable send-off, actually. Madam, we're asking people this morning, £10 million, we believe, of taxpayers' money being spent on the funeral today. Is that a a good use of public money? No, it's a total and utter waste. I'm all in favour of people being buried and and being respectful of the dead, but what about the living? What about the people that went through those Thatcher years? You know, people are about, she saved this country, she ruined it. There's no mining in, in where I come from, in Derbyshire, Yorkshire and Nottinghamshire. She split the mining industry. Whatever people think about the power of the unions at the time, these were working people in communities. Those communities are even split today. There are people in villages that I know where I come from that still are not talking to each other because of what happened during still. that period. Still, to this day, you know, people in the South have no idea the passion and anger that's in the North over this 10 millions. What about 
perhaps not actually saying to people that are living in three-bedroom council accommodation and not using one bedroom and can't move to anywhere else, how about giving them a bit of a break? Or some disabled people that have had their, their benefits slashed now, why not give them a bit of a break of this £10 million? And that's the estimation. Bringing 7,000 troops into London during at this time has cost more than that money there's all the people they're flying in from all over the world no doubt first class being given special treatment special cars accommodation what about giving some other people accommodation that have paid tax in this country then you've got the problems of the nhs don't get me started here you're really on one here aren't you i can't believe that we're actually you know giving this woman quote a military funeral for what I mean, I was actually in the forces at the time of the Falklands, and this is an outrage to those people. Let me just ask you lastly, um, clearly you're still very, very upset. Um, It's never left you. Um, People protesting today at the funeral, in 15 seconds, is, is that the right place to do it, at a funeral? I'm not sure if it's the right place to do it at a funeral, but I think turning your back as people walk by as a funeral, I don't, I don't agree with this. If you don't want to give your respects, don't go. You know, go somewhere else to express how you feel, but not at a funeral. Well, Justin, uh, I, I did send you the, uh, the target of trying to find someone who was going to the funeral today. Have, did you manage to find anybody? Yes, Ian, eventually. It's taken me two hours to find somebody. I've spoken to probably over a thousand people. Are you going to the funeral? Had a, a few th- weird well, hang looks. On, hang on. Yes. Just bear in mind, you've said this live on the BBC, okay? Mm. So it has to be a fact. Yes. You've spoken to over a thousand people. Well, today. bearing in mind, St Albans train station is a very busy train station. I've been uh, here since 6.15 this morning. Yeah. I've eventually found somebody, and that was in the last 10 minutes. That was Jo. Uh, jo is travelling up with her family. I spoke to her, and this is what happened. Well, Jo, you are going to the funeral today. Um, tell us who you've got here with you today. There are lots of people. Okay, I've got my husband, Dave. I've got my children, Olivia and Imogen. And I've got some friends' children, Erin and Georgina. So tell us what's made you go up there today. Well, where, where's the passion come from? It's passion. We're going because it's convenient to go. My husband works opposite St Paul's and it seemed good to take the kids up. They're off school anyway. Um, a bit of history for them. A bit, well, yeah, will there be another state funeral in the next few years? Probably not, so good chance to take them up. Everyone's got opinions on Margaret Thatcher. What made her so great in yours? Amazing woman. And as a woman myself in... in, in business it's quite good to see someone who did so well the train's now arrived good luck thank you very much excellent work justin well well done i was thinking all oh, taking the kids to a funeral is a bit odd but i suppose it is it, it's an historic yeah occasion history is being made today isn't it i, I mean joe was saying there in terms of passion there's not too much passion if we're completely honest about that she mentioned her husband works opposite st paul's but but the kids are off school and she makes a point there is something that that in years to come that that her children and her friends children who are with her today they can look back and say i was there so so Certainly it's a historic day, and that family will remember that for years to come. JD, excellent work today, mate. Thank you very much indeed. A quick email from Carol. I'm getting cross that people keep saying it's wrong for Maggie to receive a ceremonial funeral. It is the right of PMs to get one, and it's part of our constitution. Some decline, but some take it up. Labour PM Clement Attlee had 2,000 people, including the Duke of Kent, at his funeral in Westminster Abbey. As the welfare state reformist, he was seen as a, as a great. PMs that have refused ceremonial funeral, funerals probably had a conscience. E.G. Callaghan brought the country to its knees before Thatcher rescued it, and Heath was not a winner either, but he's still buried in Salisbury Cathedral. Hardly small. If you want to get in touch uh, with us um, when we're not on the air, you can go to the Facebook page. I've given that out. You know what the Facebook page is now. Or you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. If there are any stories, and we've got some more stories coming up over the next few weeks that you have sent in to us, any story, big or small, 
that is happening that you think we should be talking about, well, do send me an email, please. Right, well, I'm being told off for this. Let's get the travel news now. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Rye Road through Hoddesdon has been closed. A police incident between Stansted Road and Plumpton Road means it's shut off at the minute. The A10 through Chesant, slow southbound still. The Great Cambridge Road through to Winston Churchill Way. And then again as you get into Enfield, or the other side of the M25. Queues around Bullsmore Lane. The A414 at London Coney's queuing toward the London Coney roundabout at the A1081, right next to the M25. And if you're joining the M25 clockwise, it is slow from London Coney through to the A1M into the roadworks and beyond. Anti-clockwise, there's about a 35-minute queue building going toward the M4 at Junction 15. It looks like the slow traffic starts at about Junction 18 for the A404. Now, if you're joining the M40 this morning, that's looking all right, A404 at High Wycombe, that's queuing a little bit at Junction 4 there. A1, if that's your route of choice into London, it's a bit of a queue southbound between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus, and still these 20 minute delays for Chilton from Birmingham to Leamington Spa. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Right, that's it for me. I'll be back tomorrow at 6. Stay tuned though, JBS is up. Until tomorrow, ta ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday morning, and on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, is Margaret Thatcher getting the send-off she deserves? More than 2,000 guests.